Yes, hi, hello, welcome back to Gooncast, your favorite Goonie podcast that's run by a bunch of goons. I'm I'm James, also known as Saper0307 on Twitch and a bunch of other shit. And I'm once again joined by the, the other goons. Hi, goons. The signs of your psychological deterioration <laughs> are becoming very evident through these intros over the over the months. <laughs> Absolutely. There's, there's only so many ways I can introduce us, and it just... <laughs> Well, dead inside. I am Cat, aka the Attack Cat on Twitch. I am a dialogue designer by day, writer slash horror artist slash whatever the fuck by night. And it's your boy Lee Alda the Valley Jester, uh, fantasy and horror writer and enthusiast. And uh, we got an interesting trifecta today. We've got uh-huh. we've got a fine example of high art. Yep. A fine example of a shoulder shrug. Yeah. And a fine example of a burning dumpster behind a Wendy's. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a big disservice to a burning dumpster I'm sorry. behind a Wendy's. Arby's. That's a disservice uh, to an Arby's, all right. <laughs> this this is this is fucking shit. This is yeah. this is this is this is a burning dumpster that the UN wants to ban. God so we damn have it. We have feelings today. <laughs> Strong feelings. Clearly, there's gonna there's gonna be some uh, there's gonna be some hostility, which I think is mostly shared. Although I think kind of the our reasons may, might be pretty like individually our own. I really haven't seen too many people uh, bring up a lot of the things that we've brought up to each other. But either way. It's not as bad as Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2020. <laughs> Nothing is. I, I don't know. It might be. It might be that for me because that. Oh rule, damn! It's, it's longer rule. Oh my god! Yeah, you're. It's, damn it's, you, Jay. <laughs> I mean, it was Texas Chainsaw. It was a slow ninety minutes. Yeah. But it was uh-huh. ninety minutes. Uh-huh, it wasn't uh-huh, eight uh-huh. fucking hours. All right. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves though because. Ooh. First, we're going to talk about our shrug. Yep. Which, uh, we watched Black Phone. Yeah, ooh. The new yeah. hotness. New hotness. The, the new uh, hotness with that really striking poster with the grinning yeah. face, and yeah. nobody mm-hmm. knows a thing about it. <laughs> you just see the face, and you go, oh, that looks creepy. I guess I'll see that. Yeah, and to be honest, when we were kind of, like, recapping, like, 20 minutes ago, like, all right, what are we talking about? What are we doing? What are we What are we saying? Uh, I was like, okay, we got we got the first one, we got the second one, and what the hell was the third one we were going to talk about? <laughs> I think that kind of accurately sums up my feelings on this movie. Um, we all have also seen the Red Letter Media review at this point, and I think I think all of us are probably a little more negative than they are on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, is I the first half hour is kind of slow and boring. I get mm-hmm. the, the setup, but it also yeah. does a lot of generic. Stephen King bullying shit and considering yes. that it's based off of a short story by Stephen King's son that makes sense mm-hmm. um, it's a little more forgivable in that in that regard but yeah. at the same time it's one of those things where like that this has kind of been become like the hack writer's favorite trope yeah where I feel like I feel like every time we sit down to watch kind of like a like a time period horror movie or a time period like 80s nostalgia or 90s nostalgia or you know even slightly earlier in this case i think it's set in the 70s yeah yeah uh, 70s. we 
we always end up with like these generic Stephen King bullies. Yeah, and that's like, something I'm getting very, very tired of very quickly. Yeah, uh, same. I understand that they're trying to create this very like visceral level mm-hmm. of of violence. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's something that's just so unforgiving about a child being, you know, beaten by a bunch of his peers. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's there's sort of that like you know how do you appeal to that mob sensibility? Because they're a bunch mm-hmm. of kids; they don't even understand really what they're doing. But like, um, here's here's the thing. I think, and you know, I say this like my example. One of my examples is even going to be from Stephen King. So like, even Stephen King gets away from his own tropes every once in a while. But like, even the uh, the portrayal of the bully character in it, uh, at least the new the new remake. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, you know, like, I don't know, there, there are just, I feel like there are ways to do bullies yeah. that are, that are a little more interesting. Like, you know, go full Biff Tannen for once, just be complete ham cheeseball villain Butthead. bully. Yeah. Like, you know, like I, like, I don't care. Do something different other than just these, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump you in the bathroom and beat you until you have a bloody nose and then laugh yeah. at you. What happened to like, I'm going to steal your dog and fuck your dad. Like <laughs> yeah. let's, wow. let's up the ante a little bit. I here. think we want different things from our movie. Let's police, get Lee. creative. <laughs> yeah. Let's get weird. Let's get <laughs> weird right. with our bullies. Right. Um, I am Pennywise would be like, I don't want any of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just like, I'm out. You y'all can, you know, <laughs> yeah. write a different story. I don't care. <laughs> you are yeah. what I'm scared of um, yeah yeah absolutely and I, I think we all kind of mostly dug like a lot of the middle portion of the movie yeah yeah so the the general plot line here is we we get like a, a very long half hour establishing period of a brother and sister who have an alcoholic abusive father mm-hmm. um the the sister has psychic abilities she's she's an empath um and the boy just gets the shit beaten out of him for 25 minutes and uh, the girl and briefly that, that yeah. was, oh that yeah, was and surprising. The girl. yeah it was it was equal opportunity abuse mm-hmm. and uh well, well and not then, even from the dad too like those fucking bullies oh yeah man. The oh bullies yeah no yeah it was, yeah. yeah oh it was a, yeah it, there were there were ass kickings aplenty. Yes. Um. And throughout the throughout the tone setting, we're establishing that a bunch of kids are getting uh getting kidnapped by a local prowler, mm-hmm. who does eventually get the main boy, and mm-hmm. that is the long winded prologue that kicks off the chunk of the story, which is this boy has been kidnapped and he's trying to escape his captor. Yep. So. Uh, one of my, I think one of my biggest kind of like flaws with this movie is that um, very much a lot of the the kind of like, you know, setup felt like a short story lengthened to feature length. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, and that's what this was. But, you know, especially knowing that and seeing the resulting film, it's like, yeah, you can kind of tell it's, it's got some pacing issues in that, in that department. Yeah. I think, I think there are ways to make that work. I think, I think Gerald's game is a short story. If I remember correctly. Yes. I think, I I think that had very good pacing, but this one just kind of fell flat in that department for me. Um, and I, so I bring that up because I don't know, I've never read the short story, so I don't Same. know what parts of it were, you know, like, a, like basically a shot for shot adaptation kind of thing. Um, but I have a feeling it's this middle chunk. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have a because... feeling it's the middle chunk and, and probably a, a portion of the ending. Yes. I, I yeah. don't know if the sister's in the short story, but it kind of felt tacked on and unnecessary. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's weird. Uh, because because then we get the, the, the very interesting part, which I think we all agreed with, was the, the part where he's the kid. The kid is in the basement and he's trying to basically figure out how to get out. And he starts getting phone calls from this like old disconnected black phone and the phone calls are from the previous kidnapped kids who are now all dead. Yep. Um, and there was a really cool uh, kind of moment with like how these, you know, these ghosts, these echoes were set up where they were literally repeating um, dialogue. We had heard them say, say previously, like in their waking life. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, there was, some element, I've heard that the short story is a little more ambiguous in terms of whether or not it's supernatural or it's like, you know, the kid envisioning this. Sort of like my favorite Stephen King uh, short story, The the Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, where it might all just be in a, like, a kid who's dying and lost in the woods' head. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this this left no room for, uh, no. for confusion. There no. were floating no. bottles and shit. Yes, yeah. yeah, it was it was definitely supernatural, um, which was kind of a bummer because, yeah, I, I was I was very interested in like, you know, seeing this kind of like interpretation of like, oh, if it's if you're just seeing the voices, just hearing the voices, you know, how do you reconcile like this kid's like, what is what is this kid actually hearing? Right. Like, is it just him going mad and just remembering like what he's remembered of these kids and mm -hmm. kind of like using that as like, you know his his own self-motivation to get out kind of like you know in gerald's game or you know is he actually talking to ghosts but these ghosts act as you know like th they're losing themselves so they just kind of like latch on to little moments here and there that they can remember and just repeat them endlessly which is actually a very common thing in like quote-unquote real life hauntings right there's you, you often get like unintelligent hauntings that are just like repeats of past actions, people, you know, opening cabinets and stuff like that. So, yeah, and yeah, they, they each give like their method as to try to escape that he, he tries to do. And yeah, and, the, and some of them are, are fairly creative and mm -hmm. it's 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 neat. And the only thing I don't like is every single time we periodically will we'll see one of the one of the dead kids is like a ghostly apparition and it, it 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 seems like for the most part the kid can't see them, which you know, fine, whatever, I don't care. It's mostly mm -hmm. just for the audience's benefit. But like, yeah. every, almost every single time one of these kids shows up, they fucking shove a stupid horror stinger there. But it's oh, like, that's right. There's no there's no threat from them. Yeah, it's just, just basically wake up, audience, wake up, wake up. And it's, yeah, I hate it. It's the uh uh the what the screeching parrot in that in Vertigo, I think, right? Oh <laughs> uh, oh no um uh. <laughs> God damn it! The, the Orson Welles movie, the, the, the um, yeah, 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 the Orson Citizen Kane, Citizen Kane. Oh yes, thank you. <laughs> Wake up, audience! Yeah. Yeah, Here's your horror stinger. <laughs> it's unfortunate because that was the aspect that I felt like you know we were finally heading in a really good direction with it because the first thirty yeah. minutes I just I couldn't get into, and yeah. as soon as we get the first call from the dead kid and it starts to become clear that like oh they're trying to they're trying to update uh, the lead boy Finney on what their attempts to escape looked like, what worked, what didn't, and how he could take what they started and finish it. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's a really good idea yeah. for starting to like 
starting to starting to craft like a puzzle room that you can escape sort of like a saw game yeah oh yeah, yeah um and i was hoping that's the direction that it would stick in but just like many other pieces of shit that we've reviewed on this here podcast i don't know why it keeps happening we've got a b plot with two of the most inept detectives god yeah that that the good world of law has ever seen they they must have watched Morbius because they took notes and Lee, followed the useless example of these Lee, two. Books. Listen, clearly mm. their clearly their blood was exsanguinated, and that's all we can say about yeah. the matter. Yeah, and the grabber has evolved to the point that he feeds only off of blood. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I I think also also like we haven't mentioned him yet. Ethan Hawke was good. Yeah. Oh, like, he's, he's suitably he was creepy. Great. Yeah, he was suitably creepy. He was he was, you know, equal parts weird and menacing and and you know, kind of haunting in some ways. Yeah. It was, it was it was great. Like he he did a great I I actually did some Gacy vibes, yeah. None of the acting in this in this uh film like bothered me at all. I liked everybody. I love uh I love Jeremy Davies. Shout out to Balder. Um <laughs> uh the kids were both really good. Um even though I thought that the sisters plot felt really useless i thought she was a good actor and mm-hmm. i liked her character but yeah it's just ultimately kind of like all added up to meh. yeah yeah i i feel like the overall weakness of this movie was they had a very strong concept for an a plot yes. and tacked on unnecessary b c and d yep we did because not, short we story yeah we we didn't need this whole psychic sister connection we could have completely done without that you could have mm-hmm. just had the supernatural element be the kids from, you know, making phone calls from beyond the grave collect. We didn't that need a killer's coked out brother. Oh my God. We I almost forgot about him. We didn't need <laughs> the killer's coked out brother. So Who these, has these, like the weirdest death scene. And anyway, go on. You uh, explain. Just, well, these, well, these, these detectives who I mentioned who are really busting the pavement, trying to find who's getting all these oh, kids. Yeah. We got to oh, yeah. call the elementary school kid. The local <laughs> psychic. They they investigate one of the houses and meet Max, uh, who is played by uh, James Ransone, who is also in Sinister, uh, yes. one and two. Um, he's, he was he's in the, It. Yeah, he's the older version of which one? Eddie? Uh, Eddie Kasparuk, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in it, Chapter 2. Yeah. Um, fantastic character actor. He's oh, very, yeah. very good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and he is shoehorned into this film as the town's conspiracy theorist who has uh-huh. drawn up a map and he's connecting all the red twine about where the kids were taken and triangulating the areas. And he's snorting line after line of good old fashioned Colombian. And, <laughs> and the cops see it and they're like, the have a good day, sir. <laughs> this, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Let's go get some yeah. coffee oh, and man. Up there for Miller. <laughs> And uh, and I gotta I gotta give credit to this scene though because the second they leave, and you're like, wow, where is this going? The camera just pans down through the floor, and sure enough, it's the same house that Finney's been kidnapped and and is uh being held in. Oh my God, yeah. And that's, that's where right. we reach the greatest <laughs> right. unnecessary development that the uh the child abductor has a brother. Who yeah. does not know that he has a child dungeon? <laughs> yeah, has just remained blissfully ignorant yep. to it, possibly a, because he's a crazed theorist yeah, and he's high exactly. on coke all he, the time. He's a, he's a rabid conspiracy theorist, but <laughs> has not 
made the connection to his own brother. Yet. And has never <laughs> he, has never gone down to the basement. Yeah. More he, he has even though even though there are like noticeable like like you know like people are saying like oh yeah the or no wait no the the sister was the only one who knew about the balloons right and that was yeah. why they were like oh yeah. like what do you know but still there's like enough information out there that you're like you didn't even it didn't cross your mind well, dude even, even, even your without brother is this child abductor dressing up like a magician <laughs> even like aren't you just walk aren't you like you're taking a break from the coke you're having <laughs> you know you're having a few camel crushes to you know take the edge off and you're just and you're looking at your brother's weird collection of oni masks that have like interchangeable faces even even even, even excluding the outside factors like all the like the oni masks like you were saying like the or just the fact that he's never bothered to go to the basement for whatever reason, the fact that his brother keeps a padlock on the front door in from the inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like, yes. that's not like, sure. I, I can buy somebody living with somebody and not realizing that they're a serial killer. That happens all the sure. time. Like, you know, fucking yeah. Gacy's but wife this, and everything, but like he didn't have a fucking dungeon. This guy, as as such an this guy is an extra as fuck serial killer. It's yeah, not just is. like it's not just like oh I'm I'm a truck I'm a truck driver and I go out and I you know pick up women and murder them in the back of my truck and my wife at home doesn't know because I do it on the road. Like no, it's in your fucking house. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got the head. The, I've got the head movie of Max finishes a line and he looks <laughs> at the web and he's like, okay, the killer has to live in this area and he needs a van, a way to transport <laughs> the kids around, something to appeal to children, like an ice cream truck. Or and then he hears the door and he looks over and it's Ethan Hawke and he's dressed up like the magician and he's got the handful of balloons and says, I'm going out for a minute. Don't ask where I'm going. And out he's front literally is carrying the van. a child. <laughs> <laughs> He has a big burlap yeah. sack. It's 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 oh, very a burlap it's very sack silly. and a Nintendo. It's, it's, God it's, damn it! It's very fucking silly, and it's it just yeah. it just takes you out of it, and then it leads to his he 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 determines. Oh my God, my brother's the killer! Like I forgot, he just like notices. Oh my God, my house is the center, and he just yeah. finally decides to look in the basement, yeah. and then he gets Scatman Carruthers in the worst CG axe head. Uh, that I've seen in a while. Spoilers, but yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, I, they know we spoil. I I just I I didn't even have like high hopes going into this. I don't know what I expected, but I think once I got teased with that little bit of like, oh, we could have this cool supernatural buddy system with the kids from beyond the grave. Like, oh, OK, it took us half an hour to get here, but this sounds really legit. Let's go. And then yeah. instead we got driveling B, C and D plots that could have all been cut. Yeah. This entire movie, I think, would have been fantastic if you had, let's say, 10 minutes of establishing Finney. You can still have the bad relationship with the alcoholic father. Cut the sister. Sure, yeah, yeah. Have him get defended by that one kid in school mm -hmm. from bullies. Have him get kidnapped. Yep. A moment of, oh, shit, and then he's the next victim. Yeah. Yep. Wrap it up in 10 minutes and then put us in that creepy, haunted uh, mm -hmm. telephone booth for an hour and 10 minutes. Got the yep. brother. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Cut the brother. Cut the cops. All yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Play off of the sense of isolation. Make us feel like Finney yes. sitting in the dark with yeah. only dead people to talk to 
And yeah. then every so often you're about to get something going, fucking Ethan Hawk comes in and starts Ethan Hawking it up. Yeah, and, and before God, I made you eggs, aren't I, you gonna eat them? I'm sure like on paper somebody might say, Oh, that sounds boring, only one location, but there's so many one location no, movies there's so that, many, are, uh, that are super effective. Again, Buried, we just yeah, for example. Again, we just we I just mentioned Gerald's game. I like, you know, and I hate to, I hate to like, you know harp on comparing the two because I'm sure he I'm sure Joe Hill gets a lot of comparisons to his dad but Gerald's game was a great uh adaptation in that it took place entirely in that one bedroom with flashbacks mm-hmm. to other things but it you know it was all rooted in this reality of just a single room and a single person trapped there and you felt that isolation you felt that horror that she was experiencing because you yeah. were right fucking there with her and yeah, that you know, us continuously getting dragged away to to listen to his sister be psychic, which also a big part of why that plot didn't work out super well for me anyway, was that, you know, and, and I'm sure I'm sure you guys also felt this because we watch a lot of movies and we are aware of how structure works. And the way that they built up Finney's story, they were not gonna just let somebody else from the outside yeah. come rescue him. Yeah, that's his that's, story was about learning to stand up for himself and learning to, you know. Yeah. Oh. It, like, ultimately oh, like the entire yeah, <laughs> yeah, ultimately the entire psychic thing doesn't mean anything because it doesn't they the cops don't yeah. find him until he walks outside after he's already dealt with the situation. It, exactly. Yeah. But the thing is I knew I knew that nothing was going to come of of her psychic powers because I know how films are structured. I know how stories are structured and I knew that what they were like, you know, other than other than them subverting my expectations, which, to be honest, really glad they fucking didn't. But at yeah. the same time, I'm like, then you need something else going on with this B plot, or it needs to not be here at all. Mm-hmm. I just want to oh. say I'm I'm really proud of Joe Hill for following in his father's footsteps. Being the son of Stephen King is not fucking easy. He's regarded yeah. as the modern master of horror. Joe mm-hmm. had some big shoes to fill and he did his job as a king and he doesn't know how to write an ending. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I think, I think if, cause there I, you go. I, I like, God bless <laughs> I, I like all the reincorporation of all the escape attempts used to, to get rid of Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah, I, all yeah. that shit was cool. That was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like that. And, and oh, if yeah. it, ju- if the film just ended with him, going outside and the cops grabbing him. That would have been fine. That would have been perfect. Yeah, then we like, get that folks, stupid epilogue. Folks, no. we're gonna folks, we're gonna cross the spoiler barrier officially. I already did. Five, no, I bet, but I'm gonna go for it. Like, skip ahead five minutes if you want to, like, avoid this. His journey was about, like, doing things himself. Motherfucker takes Ethan Hawke to church. <laughs> this little boy yeah. beats the fuck out of ethan Hawk. it's pretty great actually yeah genuinely <laughs> it was extra it was to the point that i'm like yo you can you can pull your blows back a little bit i know he kidnapped you <laughs> and all Stop, i made he's a, already dead <laughs> i made a rambo hole and broke your fucking leg and now i'm gonna strangle <laughs> yeah. you with a telephone cord and break your fucking neck no yeah. that was the best is he's that got the awesome. telephone cord wrapped around his throat but like over his shoulder and not looking at him like he's Bruce Lee. Yeah. Yeah. And just put it that with that one last 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. And then the slow motion decompression. <sighs> yeah, and, and if it ended right after he left the house, it would have been great. Instead, we get a stupid fucking scene of him going back to school. And now he's the popular kid because he killed him. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, yeah, cut the sister. And he gets the, he half- gets the crush that the the super side girl that he's crushing on. Who where had, they literally she introduce had one her. scene. They literally introduce her. I don't know if you guys noticed this in the baseball scene. She's holding a crush soda can, or oh, no, she's holding a crush glass notice. bottle. Yeah, that's how that's how his crush is introduced. I was like. I saw that and I thought about making a note and I was just like, I'm just, I'm tired. I'm tired. I, I, I didn't even notice her in the baseball scene. I just coach. noticed her in the fucking classroom scene. And then she was only in the other classroom scene. She has no yeah. development. She's just, she shows up, no. has two lines of dialogue and then disappears. Yeah, she's just like, she's a, she's a cute girl who, you know, does, isn't a jerk to him. She's like the yeah. only person who's not a jerk to him. Yeah. And then he comes back famous because he survived his encounter with the grabber. You and he sits down man. and she's like, oh, you killed a clown. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, so so that was the black phone. Yes, yeah, it's, it, it's fine. It is it's not fine. the worst thing. No, it's it's like a fine two hours if you can get it for, it, like, I would wait till it's free on streaming and watch yeah, it. Yeah, It's fine. It's It's, fine. it's, it's it's still high quality. Like you know, the the cinematography was great. The um, performances are strong. Um, the acting yeah. are yeah, acting performances are good. It's really just yeah. It should have been. It should have been like thirty minutes shorter. <laughs> yeah, th- thirty minutes shorter, or like a, a fucking uh, an episode of of television that's in an anthology series. Yeah, yeah, like a uh, like a True Detective or something. Yeah, yeah, just, just yeah. like you know, like or like a Twilight Zone episode, or or Tales from the Dark yeah. Side, or any of that shit. Yeah, you know? sure. Would have been fine, but it's yeah. it just is too long and too slow. I mean, I'm fine with slow shit if there's like if there's menace and build and whatever. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, uh, I I fucking love the Clove Hitch Killer, and that movie's pretty yeah. fucking slow, but it's a yeah. slow burn of just dread mm-hmm. and mystery and. Yeah, there's there's not there's not fat in the movie, yeah. right? This this movie felt like it had a really strong, like like Lee said, it had a really strong backbone and then just a lot of fat around it. Yeah, it just. Get um, I'm gonna say some really controversial shit right here. No, I, we shouldn't I fat feel shame like movies. there's I feel like there's a movie in the past that I said this exact thing about, and I don't remember for the life of me which one. Maybe I I'll would, remember. I would have liked this movie a lot better. If it was just all contained in that one room, yeah. and it was a black box theater production, ooh, I would rather just have. I don't, a I don't fucking, think you've ever said that. Yeah, I would rather just have podcast. a fucking actor on stage with like off off stage vocal additions from the people from- on the phone. Oh yeah, ooh. I mean yeah, and Ethan Hawke coming in every in so often and fucking with it. Well, this would be a brilliant 30 minute one act stage production. Well, that, that's one of the reasons yeah, why actually. I mentioned uh, Buried is that whole movie is like yeah. 90 minutes and it's just Ryan Reynolds in a coffin and it never mm-hmm. fucking leaves the goddamn coffin. And every well, other character. The last minute, I think. Well, but... the, well the last minute when he thinks. Spoiler he gets, alert. <laughs> spoiler alert for Buried. The last minute when he thinks he gets freed and then it's like, oh, no, he, he's actually dying. Um, yeah. But mm-hmm. like. Every other character in that movie is just a voice on a telephone. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's it's gripping. It's engaging. If you mm-hmm. you can do shit. 
with with like really small location or like yes uh it's you absolutely can it's not quite one location but it is limited locations but like phone booth is another good example i think where it just oh, it never I, really yeah. leaves that area and it's, no i mean you for the for the majority of that movie you are stuck with with in colin farrell's perspective and you are yeah. chained to that phone booth with him you know? yeah so and there's there, there's another one which i've mentioned before and i can't remember if either of you two have seen it uh lock with tom hardy and the the the, the entire it's just a drama and the entire movie is just tom hardy driving a car on the freeway trying to get to a hospital where where a lady he had a one-night stand with is is giving birth to his kid and every other character is somebody who he's calling on the phone like his boss explaining why he can't come into work the next day his wife explaining hey i had a fucking extramarital affair because i'm a piece of shit Mm -hmm. um the the uh his is his second in command on the construction site telling him how to do the job that his mistress the lady he had the affair with ensuring her yo i'm going to be there for the kid to be born because i don't want the kid to like be born without a father i'm gonna take fucking responsibility and it's an hour and a half of tom hardy driving this fucking car and it's gripping it's so goddamn good it's this effective one-man show and you need a good director and a good story and and a great fucking actor and it could work i mean I'd I'd watch an hour and a half of Tom Hardy playing checkers against himself. I was gonna yeah, say yeah, I feel I like both too. of you both of you would just watch Tom Hardy do anything for ninety minutes. So yeah, it's <laughs> it you know yeah. I mean just just you know bear that in mind when you're taking this recommendation <laughs> that it's coming from these two. Hey but, hey hey, yeah, it's a great fucking movie. God damn it. Other people agree, so I'm not gonna disparage it. I actually haven't seen Locke yet, but yeah, you know, it's, yeah. on, it's been on my list so. James, take take Locke and just replace Tom Hardy with uh, David Spade. No. Is it as strong a picture? No. <laughs> it's because it's David Spade. <laughs> no. No, I can't Jesus even Christ. I can't even think of a movie that I like David Spade in. Uh, I joking Emperor's aside, I, be- I I believe he's my least favorite actor. Emperor's New Groove. I haven't seen it. I've seen bits what? of it. And I'm just like, eh. but I haven't yeah. seen the full thing, so well. I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, he's just he's just doing the the well, I mean, celebrity that's better, voice stuff. We don't but... have to look at his face, so yeah, yeah exactly. That, that helps. Not, that helps a lot. Yeah, he's uh, he's literally playing a smarmy asshole with a different face. And it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's the black phone. Yeah, yeah. It, it it feels like Stephen King's son wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 boing. All Written right, by on. Stephen King Jr. <laughs> oh God. Moving on to uh, art. <laughs> Yes, yes. So the next movie we're going to talk about is one that I suggested that people watch um, because I was super hyped for this movie. Um, So a tiny bit of backstory for myself. Um, And we're going to keep this one short because I think uh, we have mostly good things to say. I think maybe a couple of negatives here and there, but it's it's mostly fantastic. So it's a rough one because people just need to see it. Yeah, exactly. It's um, it's really more of an experience, which is sounds very uh, you know, <laughs> that's, how art, that's how art is supposed to be. But you know. yes. so, throw another uh, orphan onto the fire. So when I was in high school, um, I was kind of gearing up to uh, go into art full time, and my parents were fucking terrified. And so, uh, as part of my education, they were like, "Hey." Uh, my junior year, I think, they sat me down and they were like, hey, we want you to take a summer college course. 
So you actually can decide if this is what you really want to do. And I was like, cool. All right. So I picked uh, the School of the Art Institute of Chicago and uh, I decided to pick animation as my uh my, my summer class, because it was one of the only art classes that they were offering that I did not already have access to uh, at my high school, right? Nobody was teaching animation. So I was like, hey, this is a brand new fucking thing that I can do. Um, and I went in and my animation class was fucking phenomenal. I met some fantastic artists there. Uh, and, you know, my my teacher is just like she was absolutely wonderful. Um, and she introduced me to uh a, a pair of filmmakers called the Brothers Quay. Um, they are stop motion animators who make very weird, very like industrial kind of films. Um, and she specifically introduced us to this with uh, Street of Crocodiles, um, which if anyone has seen, they will already know where this is going. But if anybody has not seen, um, it's just it's it's really a masterpiece. It's really something that just like you have to kind of watch and experience and it's just it's weird and bizarre and as a you know 16 year old kid i was like holy fucking shit <laughs> i i want to do nothing but this for the rest of my life <laughs> um so that was my introduction to stop motion animation and that's probably why i am the way i am um and last well last year this year shutter um, got acquired the rights to Phil Tippett's latest film, Mad God, which is a stop motion film very much in line with the Brothers Quay and Jans Fonkmeyer and kind of like all of the old, weird, very artsy stop motion animators of old. And, uh, yeah, it absolutely did not disappoint. I went in basically blind, uh, except for the fact that I saw a review literally comparing him to Svankmeyer and the Brothers Quay, and I was just like, dope, this is, this is what I want, <laughs> like, 100%. Um, and yeah, I, like, I want to give you guys some room to, to say some things, uh, because I could just gush about this forever, but that is, like, the reason I you know, even brought this to our attention as, as a potential, I don't even think it was, I was like, we, we got a podcast about this. I was just like, Hey, I want to watch this movie. And I like watching movies with you guys. And you guys like weird stuff. Like, you know, that the black and white twin peaks episode, mm -hmm. you'll probably love this. So what'd you guys think of mad God? <laughs> um, there is the often memed circumstance of, two snobby people standing in front of a painting going, what do you see? Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. What do you see? Mad God is one of those movies where everyone who watches it is, I think, going to have their own insight as to what it actually is. It leaves a lot of room open for interpretation. Yes. Um, I'd say the first half of the film has a plot you can follow. And then there's an event halfway through that from that point on, the rails are gone. There yeah. is just there is just weird shit happening, and you read into it whatever you want to get from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like um, whether whether or not you think that the the narrative plays with time, whether like at that halfway point there it becomes there's no narrative, whether whether it just like you know expands to this like complete cosmic story that just like engulfs everything. 
it, it, it's all you can decide for yourself because and this is very much a film that I feel like it's okay not to get. Yes. I feel like and I feel like we we watched it uh, also with my good friend Hecate um and uh like all of us were kind of just like what the fuck just happened at the end there. Um and it doesn't like, make you feel bad. Exactly. There's some, there's some movies that when they end and you don't get it, they kind of leave you with that stinger in the credits of like mm-hmm. you got it, right? You fucking moron. Yeah. Like this yes. this didn't make me feel that way. This this left you with that impression of okay, you walk away from that with whatever you want to Yes, exactly. And that's that's why I kind of lean towards saying it is an experience because you just have to kind of like exist and absorb all this stuff. It's not really like I I still haven't gotten a chance to rewatch it yet. I'm I've been meaning to. I just haven't been quite in the right headspace to like reabsorb all that. But like yeah, it's just it's it's just kind of like there to be observed and you know, interpreted as you like, but like it doesn't have to be right away. I I sat with the film for like a couple hours afterwards, just kind of like going over the visuals in my head. Oh, yeah. We got to talk very briefly about the visuals. Absolutely fucking gorgeous. Bef- before we get into that, uh, yeah. just just my general thing is, uh, it's a movie I, I really respect, especially on like a technical level, and, and you, you'll go in more depth with the, the visuals. And, you know, it's a gorgeous movie. Um, I'm in the camp. I didn't like it because of the whole, it, it lost me at the halfway point, and I, I've been sitting on it and thinking about it. I still don't know why. It's not a movie that I can say that like I hate or anything like that because there's so much technical shit in it that's like really impressive. I I I just don't know why I don't like it. But I can also yeah. understand why everybody does like it who, who who do like it. It's one of those it's it's a weird not like situation where I I still recommend anybody anybody fucking see it especially if you're into stop motion animation because it's a gorgeous yeah. gorgeous goddamn movie. Yeah, well, I, I, at, I least, totally... at least for me, it's just I, I don't know why I don't like it. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally get your impressions. It's uh-huh. it's the third movie in my life to to be grouped into this certain little box of movies that I think are very very good that I will never ever watch again. <laughs> Mad yes, God, I, I Requiem you... for a Dream, and oh, Grave yeah, yeah. of the Fireflies. Oh, oh my are I, still, fucking... I still haven't seen Grave of the Fireflies. Mm. Well, you ain't gonna watch it with me. Yeah, I know. I, I ain't watching it again. Yeah. I don't think I can. That's that's a very interesting grouping because I I actually think I I want to watch Mad God again. I've already mentioned I like I really just want to like sit in that world and like reinterpret things and just kind of be like oh like you know see sort of like where the through lines are. There's a lot of um you know very cute like Harryhausen kind of references. There's you know like. Yeah, there's there's a couple of a couple of little little Easter eggs here and there. Um, visually, it's absolutely wild. Um, it's kind of a you know there there is a lot of stop motion, just like you know straight up like maquettes, like puppeteering that sort of thing. But there's also a lot of um, recording people like in stop motion style. Um, so whether that's they they kind of like reduce the frame rate of the camera that they're recording to, you know, down to exactly the frame rate of um, how they're capturing the stills and or how they're capturing and replaying back the the stop motion animation, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's that way or, or not, there's also, you know, um, there's been there were a couple of times where, you know, I noticed that it was more of a um, 
you know, something was physically moving in a space and they were recording it on camera. And, you know, like sometimes when the guy um, brought out his map, that was very clearly like a physical map, not a, uh, you know, not stop motion animated map. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, uh, on top of that, the um, it's it's all very, very visceral. Um, there's a couple of moments of, you know, kind of like weird ludity. Um, but, you know, other than that, it's mostly just very violent. There's, very violent. It's, it's, it's very, very like, primal. Yes, yes. There's there's and I haven't even gotten into the sound design yet, which I will. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a, like a lot of the designs are very, you know, they're 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 very monstrous. Uh, you know, obviously, Phil Tippett, um, oh, for people who don't know, he kind of made his mark on the world doing, uh, you know, like like movie, like live action movie visual effects. So he's probably Robocop. most. Yeah, he's probably most well known for um, there. There was a meme going around where he's credited as the dinosaur supervisor on Jurassic Park. Um, And they were like, Phil, you had one job. (laughs) um, But uh, yeah, so he I didn't even know he was, you know, such a big fan of stop motion animation. Uh, Also, James, I think you had mentioned that. Yeah. That he had kind of, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you want to tell this? Yeah, like, kind I, of like history. I, I don't know t- too much about like his his career. Like, I know he worked on like RoboCop two and whatnot, but mm-hmm. like, he was actually hired to do the special effects for Jurassic Park, and he was at the time they were originally going to do stop motion dinosaurs, mm-hmm. um, and then they convinced somebody convinced Steven Spielberg, or maybe he maybe he discovered it on his own to do CG instead mm. and and you know like animatronics and stuff like that and he and phil Tippett was like well fuck you know i'm kind of out of a job and whatnot but they still kept him on and they they basically used like this, this combination of like phil Tippett's knowledge of of stop motion to like make the dinosaur movement and whatnot like i i'm mm. explaining it really badly and paraphrasing it pretty badly i've seen a few youtube videos on it i'll, I'll see if mm-hmm. i can like link you guys if i can find it but like it's it's like he he's still basically like all the effects even though they weren't stop motion in Jurassic Park are still partially his doing of just like figuring all this crazy crazy shit out um mm-hmm. and then from what i additionally read is like this movie started production in like the late 1980s and basically like when that whole cg thing happened um he kind of got like dissuaded a little bit or like budget got pulled out from under him because nobody wants fucking stop motion anymore. And he like, it was, he sat on it shelved for years and years and years until I guess in the early 2010s, he launched a Kickstarter and decided to finally finish it off. Mm -hmm. And that's how we got the, the, the remainder of mad God, but like it was slowly pieced together over the span of like 30 years, 30 years. And yeah, and I kept making which is absolutely wild. Which yeah, I, I I do know that that actually does it, it tends to happen in animation a lot. Um, Thief and the Cobbler is one of the most famous examples of like that film was still being made for, you know, 30, 40 something years like before it was it was kind of released. I don't I don't ever think it was actually officially finished. But yeah, it's it's unfortunately a reality of that industry that sometimes people's passion projects just kind of ends up being, you know, it, it does take that long just because it has, it has to be, you know, recorded or, or made 
in in you know tiny little chunks over 30 years <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um yes. animation is very time consuming especially yeah. if it's one guy <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm also looking at his wikipedia page and like actually uh uh because like when when he was told that he was uh actually going to be um like they were going to do cgi in jurassic park he he yeah. exclaimed i've just become extinct and spielberg oh. spielberg actually took that and, and used it in the movie, but they still kept them on, and it's like uh, uh, Tippet evolved as a stop motion animation. Stop motion animation gave way to computer generated imagery uh, because mm-hmm. of Tippet's background and understanding of animal movement and behavior. Spielberg kept Tippet on to supervise the animation on fifty dinosaur shots for Jurassic Park. Tippet supervised both the Tippet Studio and ILM animators, resulting in realistic digital dinosaurs that breathe, flex, and twitch and react. And yeah. you know that got him his second Oscar nomination, mm-hmm. but. Uh, and- and yeah, like that, that breathing, twitching, reacting, that is full force here. So yeah. like, you know, I mean, I think this movie is also definitely not for everybody because yeah, it's very graphic and visceral and, and, you know, just kind of, well, it's dirty. I, it's dirty. I want, I want Lee, I want you to go into a little bit of your theory with like ah, yeah, what the movie is about, because I, I really, I really dug hearing I do that just want to you. mention one thing though, and that's mm-hmm. that's the point, and it, it cycles back to like how long this movie took to make. Um, mm-hmm. be- because of the fact that it took thirty years to make, that means it's one hundred percent better than Boyhood, which only took twelve years to make. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> that's how it works, right? Yeah, that's yeah. how it works. Longer time to make equals better. <laughs> yes. That's why whenever you burn food, it's way better because yeah. it took longer to make. <laughs> yeah, that's why Duke Nukem Forever is the best video game ever made because it took 15 years uh-huh. to make. Uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Oh, and real quick before we get into kind of like the plot question mark, uh, mm-hmm. I do want to briefly say the sound design is fucking impeccable. And yes, uh, animation kind of lives and dies on, on its audio. Um, and this one, you know... Uh, like absolutely above and beyond there are there are moments i i think um they use a lot of animal noises with the uh especially with some of the like more like beasts yeah like more monstrous kind of folks that are walking Mm -hmm. around this hellscape um but uh uh the stuff that really got to me was all of the mechanical sounds there there were so many moments of like little like like a, a boot scrape or like a you know like a metal thing rotating and it was just like oh it sounded so good mm-hmm. just Absolutely. just it, it really just put you right into everything that was going on it felt so so much more visceral <laughs> well to to get into the meat and potatoes of the yeah quote plot um I can keep it very broad until discussing the halfway point at which I just need to talk about the movie. So if you're on the fence about watching Mad God and want the full experience, this is where I would just put a pin in it and go check it out. Yeah. Um, Or skip ahead 20 minutes or something. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be terribly long winded on this, but um, skip ahead five minutes. Then (laughs) the rough plot surrounds a character called the assassin who is a, gas masked trench coated very um you know world war sort of feeling character who is on a mission uh to follow a map and deliver a package that's all we know and as he's going on this journey hellscape is the only way to put it 
it, he is he is descending level by level through this monstrous hellscape that goes through different phases. One is a cityscape. One is very um, industrial. One is very fleshy and filthy. And my initial thoughts watching this was, oh, we're doing a new take on Dante's Inferno. Because mm-hmm. some of the some of the layers he was going through were giving some little hints about like, oh, I could see how this level's lust. I could see how this mm-hmm. one's gluttony. I could see how this one's greed. And we start to spend a lot of time looking at images of um, industrialism is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, conformity. Uh, yes. A lot of living beings being pressed out of a machine. They're yeah, faceless. They have no identities. They're corporate drones. They're literally like made of the sludge that comes out of the like like the refuse from the factory. Yeah, they're made of filth. Mm-hmm. Um, and they live horrible, pitiful lives of they work and toil, and that work and toil literally kills them. Yeah. It's almost it's almost presented in a darkly comedic way, the way some of these poor things get murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the overall tone is just so nasty, you can't really laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was through this that I'm starting to think, okay, maybe there's something deeper going on here. And we find out the assassin's mission is to plant a bomb in a level of this hellscape that is purely briefcases. And so after getting through this industrialism and corporate sort of thing to then try to plant a bomb in like, you know, this room that is just kind of like a symbol of the nine to five. I was like, okay, we're making a statement here about, you know, the, the corporate lifestyle. There's something he's trying to say here. And then I figured out what I think is what I want to go with as far as the overall tone of this movie again only in the first half and I'll I'll get there. Um it's a journey through life and the trials and tribulations of life. Um you know his descent to the surface world is braving all these ballistics and gunfire. He has to creep his way around all these strange monsters and horrifying things and navigate this concrete jungle of of you know human conformity. Um, every image sort of presented itself to me as this is just the shit that we in a day to day of being a human being have to deal with. Um, and I thought I was going to ride that idea all the way to the end. And then halfway through the movie, our poor boy, the assassin, our poor boy, the assassin just gets a big solid fuck you. Mm hmm. And uh, we are treated to a horribly uncomfortable five or six minute vivisection scene Mm -hmm. uh, in which uh, our boy is strapped down, has all of his innards removed, has his brain plunged and shit. He's got all kinds of electrical currents blasting through him. Our boy gets Uh. fucked up for a solid uncomfortable five or six minutes. Um, at which point a part of him is harvested and given to a giant ethereal plague doctor, which is the sickest looking thing in this movie. Oh my God. And then at that point, I, 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 I wrote here, my note is verbatim. From this point on, I have no clue what the fuck is happening. 
because it yeah. then just devolves into I shouldn't say devolves, but it, it loses its structure. It becomes just mm-hmm. images, thought provoking images, yeah. very moving images, yes. strange scenarios and wonderful beasts and, and grotesque abominations. Did it's I... a it's a circus of flesh, and I just yes. I couldn't understand what the fuck was going on at this point. I forget. Did I mention Koya Nascazzi after we uh, wrapped? The I don't watching believe movie? so. Because that that was kind of the vibe I got by the end. Was it started to be so Koya Nascazzi is this um uh, it's a film spe- that's unique in that it specifically set out to be a film without a narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, it failed because I think any juxtaposition of images automatically kind of creates a narrative for the viewer. Um, but that's a whole nother topic. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's basically just putting up images of, you know, either still images or, or, or brief little like vignettes of, of like filmed sky or, you know, ants moving on a, in a, uh, on an anthill or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's the vibe I was getting at the end here. Yeah, was, I can I can definitely see that. Yeah, like there was there was meaning making happening, but perhaps it was beyond what what we were meant to understand kind of thing. <laughs> and that's yeah. to me, I was like, that's fine. I'm just digging this. <laughs> the comparison I just realized, I didn't think of this beforehand. It just kind of came to me now. This is to stop motion as Pink Floyd's The Wall was to animation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. A lot of that weird, bizarre, ever-evolving landscape, um, especially in the first half when it had kind of a through line like the wall does. The wall has a strong concept line the whole way through. Um, oh, yeah, that's, for sure. That's what this struck me as. This, this, this strikes me as a very well-driven, creative, hellish first half. And then at that point, it just becomes experimental art. <laughs> yeah yeah o- overall i i liked it um i don't ever want to see it again <laughs> um and to be perfectly honest i can't pin down exactly why i yeah the the movie the movie kind of did for me what house of leaves did as a book where when you're mm. reading that book you feel this general sense of anxiety and unease yes and yes the, images in mad god when i look at them they didn't disturb me they didn't make me anxious mm-hmm. but the idea of going back and re-watching them makes me feel uncomfortable yeah i i think i'm kind of in the same boat in that because i'm like i'm very much i want to watch it again but now that i know what i'm getting myself into i'm like okay i gotta be in the right headspace here right yeah that's yeah you gotta prepare yourself yeah so so yeah but I, I absolutely loved your your interpretation of like it being hell from the beginning because I was like, oh yeah, that is kind of the vibe I was getting. But yeah, it absolutely goes somewhere completely different and and unexpected, but in really cool ways. It doesn't feel like it's like intentionally pulling the rug out from under you. It just feels like this is the experience you're having right now. <laughs> yeah, buckle up. Yep. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I I highly recommend Mad God. Um. I don't know about uh, 
my two fine co-hosts, but I feel like Lee, yes, and maybe James. If you a got a tab, no. if, no, if you I'm got like... a tab of Orange Sunshine, oh. drop a little acid and then watch it. <laughs> I don't, I don't like yeah. it, but I recommend it because it's like, oh. I know it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a very technically impressive film, and at the very least, like you'll get some really, really, really good stop motion animation out of it, and some great audio yeah. design and great visuals. Uh, hopefully you like it more than me. Like I said, I don't like it and I don't know why it's nothing. It's, it's not a movie that I could say, like, I hate, I, I like would never even consider putting it on my like list of least yeah, favorites or hates from the year. It's not, it's not your bottom 10. It's not your like, you know, most disappointing. It's just no, kind of like, it's, it's a thing I saw. <laughs> it, it's a movie that I saw and I don't know why I don't like it, especially since I fucking like David Lynch. I don't yeah, know why. Actually, yeah, that was my big thing was when I heard what this was, you know, when I heard the the reviews and stuff, I was like, I think I think Lee and James are going to like this specifically because of the Lynch connection. But, you know, I mean, we like what we like, right? Yeah. And so, it's like, I, I don't know well, why I don't like it. I mean, when they opened up the assassin in the Viva section, they should have just pulled out handfuls of cream corn yes what were they thinking <laughs> yes well the appetizers are out of the way oh fucking boy oh fucking boy chat did you know James, that fucking reviewers are calling this the best fucking video game adaptation of all fucking time that it's the best fucking resident evil adaptation of all fucking time and i think these people are fucking idiots yeah. Good, good. He's good and triggered. James, oh introduce us to our next piece. Yeah, we're, we, we we watched the entirety of Resident Evil Netflix, and I went into this All piece of, of fucking shit oh with no fucking expectations. None. Not a yep. single fucking goddamn yep. expectation. I was expecting this yep. to probably be shit. Probably be about as bad as the Anderson film. Probably just to be terrible, right? This is fucking worse than that. This this yeah. this is this is a fucking dumpster fire. This is fucking garbage. Yeah, Holy my, fucking my, shit. My my favorite so far has been uh it was a picture of all of the Anderson films next to each other and then Thanos going perhaps I was too harsh on you. Yeah. Like good good <laughs> fucking at least stuff happens in the Anderson movies. Like it it's a sh the Anderson movies are a shitty fucking adaptation, sure, sure. and they're fucking they're fan fiction. dumb and it's just waifu fan fiction, but stuff happens. Dumb action happens stupid shit happens stuff that you can kind of be engaged with not fucking stupid high school cw fucking drama and a lame fucking post-apocalyptic fucking goddamn hold setting hold on hold on you say cw drama cw is entertaining all right <laughs> it can be riverdale CW, is entertaining because it's CW batshit not, insane but but the thing is cw is not Boring as shit, which was my main problem with. Yeah, this that's whole that's thing. that's the main thing. Is like it's also fucking boring as shit. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, like no, it, it's so fucking boring. Nothing fucking happens. Fucking spoilers. They don't even I, fucking tell you how the goddamn zombie apocalypse fucking starts because fuck you. They want a season two. They're fucking smug assholes about it. Fuck you. I'm Nothing gonna, happens. I'm, this whole show is a waste of time. I'm gonna I'm gonna torture James. For the benefit of our viewers, James, can you please explain the plot of Resident Evil to us? <sighs> the show <laughs> takes place in 2022 and 2036. It uses this two-storyline two setup where the, where the main plot is in 2036, which is 14 years after the zombie outbreak 
that ended the world. And then the rest of the show, the other half of the show is in 2022, showing how the zombie outbreak started. Except for, as I just said, it doesn't show how the fucking zombie outbreak fucking starts. Because the show is a fucking waste of fucking time. And in the 2036 sections, you have Jade Wesker. And she's the daughter of, of, of Albert Wesker. And again, this show takes place in the universe of the games, right? So I know what you're thinking if you play the yes. games. Wait, okay, so like, like, okay, so he, he, he had a daughter on top of having Jake Wesker, the son. And it's like, okay, that, that kind of, except for, you know, in 2022, Albert Wesker's alive and kicking. So your first thought if you play the games is, what the fuck? What the fuck? How is Wesker alive? And, you know, be, before I continue my shit, my shitting on this thing. Uh, Lance Reddick is a gem, and he's so fucking underutilized in this in the show. Lance Reddick is amazing. He's, he's the best are, part about the there show. Are, there are three scenes that he absolutely fucking kills, and every other time he's on screen, it's like Lance, you're better than this. Please, Why Lance, are you please, here? please do something. Why are you here wearing khakis and reciting terrible dialogue and doing nothing? And doing I'm gonna, nothing. I'm going to say this without context, so that it sounds really out of place until we explain it later. But all three of the best characters in this show are played by Lance Reddick. Yes. Albert uh-huh. Wesker, Big Al Wesker, and <laughs> Uncle Bert Wesker. Yep. Yes. Goddamn right. So the, the zombie apocalypse storyline is basically uh, Jade encounters spooky monsters and then encounters group of survivors. And then they encounter spooky monsters and said survivors are killed. Yep. And then she encounters another group of survivors and, yeah, and then and it, it's just repeat <laughs> and that umbrella kills re- them. repeat that oh yeah that's the other thing umbrella uh is is around again um how I'll, I'll get into that, that james oh fuck you that's how um <laughs> so to, so to go back to the 2022 shit so not only is a wesker wesker fucking alive and kicking right even though he died in a fucking volcano and yes uh-huh. this takes place this allegedly takes place in the game universe and they even distinctly oh, mention yeah. that Wesker died uh-huh. in a volcano. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, not only is this taking place in the game universe, but Umbrella is back and somehow in this show's universe, Raccoon City's destruction is credited towards a gas leak and nobody knows that there are zombies and bioweapons and that Umbrella was responsible. Even though, if this was set in the game universe, everyone would know that the U.S. government blew up Raccoon City. Everyone would know that there's bioweapons and zombies, because fucking biohazard outbreaks happen on a fucking yearly basis in this fucking universe. Fucking Resident Evil 6, for, for fuck's sake, there's an entire goddamn Eastern European civil fucking war, and fucking Raccoon City yeah. 2.0, <laughs> and fucking... China and in Reve- Resident Evil Revelations, an entire fucking floating city was demolished because of fucking bioweapons. And Umbrella went out of business because the US basically like removed them from the stock market and fucking sanctioned their ass like crazy in uh, like 2002, 2003, or whatever. <laughs> They're completely fucking shut down and gone by the time fucking this show was supposed to happen. There's, granted, in the show, the, the game's fucking universe is fucking Blue Umbrella, and who the fuck knows what the fuck is happening with that fucking shit, because Capcom's pulling shit out of their fucking ass, and yeah, whatever, who cares? Because it's not fucking Blue Umbrella. It's not Blue Umbrella. And Umbrella, which nobody knows is evil, 
made New Raccoon City in South Africa. And there's no point to calling it New Raccoon City because we barely fucking even see New Raccoon City. We only see, yeah. like, a school and then, like, this this shitty, like, construction yard where, where kids skateboard and, um, and, and a lab. That's, that's basically it. And New Umbrella is run by Evelyn Marcus, who's the daughter of Dr. James Marcus, the antagonist of Resident Evil Zero, who's been dead for fucking years and is a leech monster. And, you know, that means that fucking he's, he, he, like, Again, like if you do the fucking math, that means he had just, he had Evelyn like, when he was like, just like seventy. Pal- just like Palpatine, he had sex with a lady. Yeah, he had with se- his fucked up leech body. Well, yeah, with his fucked up leech body, and and she's all butthurt Wait, that I'm kink shame here. She she's all <laughs> pissed off about how Umbrella was stolen from my father, the true founder of Umbrella. Even though his father, her father, isn't the fucking founder of Umbrella. It's fucking Oswald Spencer. He was there. The, like Marcus is the creator of the T-Virus, the founder, like, the guy who found the T-Virus and everything like that, and he was there on the ground level the day Umbrella was fucking founded, but he's not the fucking founder. Like, this this show basically picks and chooses game lore, even though the, the, the writers are insistent this this takes place in the video game universe. No, it fucking doesn't. No, it fucking there's doesn't. Even, I, I have even... a lot more respect if they didn't fucking say that shit. Well, there, there's even some choices that could have been made to keep it within the game lore and still get across what they wanted. Instead of having it be Umbrella in this scenario, it could Tricell. be Tricell. Yeah, could have been Tricell, mm-hmm. could have been fucking yeah. anybody. Well, um, but that's the, that's the thing, is that uh, casual Resident Evil fans won't recognize exactly. it. Exactly. They it's need the, exa- the Umbrella logo. Yeah, and it's they the They don't need a company. Same... No, it's, they need the logo. No. They need the no. logo. It's the exact same reason why uh, fucking John Blake's name was Robin in Dark Knight yeah. Rises. Because cause, cause you don't trust the audience to actually give a shit about your property. Yeah, so so anyways... Anyways. <laughs> a fucking New Umbrella is making pharmaceutical, like, actual pharmaceutical stuff. And they're making it with the T-Virus? Because why not? Like, they're, they're not making bioweapons anymore. But they have bioweapons, but they're making actual yeah. pharmaceutical products with the T-virus and like, oh, well, you know, people don't overdose. They'll be fine. It's like, fucking Christ, no. And the show is about Albert Wesker's Scooby-Doo daughters, Billy Wesker and Jade Wesker, as they're like 14 years old, and the trials and tribulations of, of high school... And then Billy Wesker's a vegan, and she's like, oh my god, Umbrella's doing animal testing. We gotta break into Dad's lab and set the animals free. And and Jade Wesker's like, wow. okay, Wait a minute, okay. That, that reminds me of, a, of another great apocalypse undead story where the outbreak That's happens no? because you're trying where you, because you're trying to stop animal testing. All right, 28 days later. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. A far superior. A far yeah, superior and then, then they, they they accidentally that this, that, this, that this show clearly cribbed on from like so many things from like cinematography oh, yeah. to yeah, like oh, yeah. God, and then then like... then fucking they accidentally let loose a fucking zombie dog and Billy Wesker's bitten by the zombie dog. But she's like kind of turning into something, but not really. It's weird. It's stupid. Um, And mostly nothing fucking of value continues to happen at all across both fucking plot lines until uh, in the future plot line, uh, fucking 
Jade Wesker, adult Jade Wesker, gets back to the home base, which is some fucking ship in the middle of the fucking ocean where they, they fucking have talent shows for their stupid fucking kids. Yeah, that's, that's real important, having fucking talent shows for your stupid fucking kids in a fucking zombie apocalypse. Yeah, all right. And she's, like, working on science-y shit, and, and the, the, the show borrows from Dead, Dead Rising, where there's, like, a queen zombie that releases, like, a pheromone, and then she's like, oh, we can, if we can recreate this, this pheromone we can maybe make it so zombies don't attack us. And, and, and then, then she, she, after trying to artificially create spit to mix with the pheromone to, to make, to make the perfume, she, it finally dawns on her after 50 attempts. What if I just spit in it? And then that works. And then they have the pheromone and then she decides to test it for realsies by, bringing a zombie on the boat without telling anybody mm -hmm. at all because she's too impatient. And then her daughter shows up and is like, hey, mom, can I watch? And, and mom's like, yeah, sure. And then the pheromone works. <laughs> yeah, sure, kid, and, pull up a chair. And then the zombie sees <laughs> the daughter and the zombie goes, the zombie goes, hey, oh, wait, no, they're called zeros in this show because fuck you. Um, because they were like, "Oh my God, Walking Dead." They call them walkers. We need to have, we need to have a cute fucking name. Um, and then, and, and then the zombie goes haywire, and 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 it it gets loose and it kills this lady who we found out ten minutes ago was pregnant. Because yeah, why not? And then like like Jade Wester's like, "Oh, it's all my fault." And it's like, "Yeah, no, it was your fault, you stupid fucking asshole. You 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 fucking brought a goddamn zombie on board." Oh, and Umbrella, for some reason, is like a private military company in the post-apocalypse, and they're still doing evil shit, and it's basically like the Paul Anderson shit, because let's just copy the Paul Anderson movies where Umbrella's this super evil company still around in the post-apocalypse, trying to kill off survivors and shit, because why not? Oh, and also, you know, Ms. Dr. Salvador from Resident Evil 4 shows up as part of a French cult, because reference... I saw it and I clapped. I, I, I clapped so mm -hmm. hard. I clapped mm -hmm. my head against my desk multiple fucking times, hoping I could just pass out. Um, yeah, folks, I, I want to I be very clear here. This checked James out so badly, he stopped watching it and laid on the floor comatose, staring at the ceiling, because he would rather do that than watch this show. Every, and every so often I'd get up to, my, to go to my computer and just make a shitty meme in Photoshop, which you'll see on screen because... That's that's the image of this fucking. That's, yeah, that's the, the image of this fucking thing. We will, if you're we watching will the YouTube them version, yeah. Um, as a, as a quick aside, uh, the the main thing that got like all three of us through this fucking series was James and Lee's continuing Photoshop war. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> a it, war. We were an allied front. That's the you know what that's yeah. it was it was your it we was were brothers your war, in arms. Yeah. It was your war against this series. <laughs> yeah, and 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 also in the future, um, Billy Wesker, the one who was bitten by the dog, she's still around, and now she's evil for some reason, and she's now the head of Umbrella, and is trying to track down Jade Wesker for reasons. Why not? Um, and, um, yeah, anyways, uh, then, then Billy Jade Wesker is like to her daughter, 
I need you to get off the ship because Umbrella's coming. Uh, don't tell your dad. Just get off the ship and go to the mainland. Because why not? Why not? You know? And then, yeah. then, then um, Jade Wesker goes to the mainland and to meet with Billy Wesker and she meets Evelyn Marcus who is under some sort of stupid mind control and does a fucking song and dance number. And I know that sounds like oh a fucking joke. I know it no. sounds like a joke. I know no, it sounds no, like real. this is bullshit. But no, no, this is, this is fucking 100%, 100% fucking real. Hold on. Uh, did a full 180 song. Uh, don't start now. Or did a full 180 by uh, Dua Lipa. That's the fucking song. That she fucking okay. sings and does okay. a dance number two. I, mm -hmm. I I kid you not. If you don't fucking believe me, just type in fucking did a full one eighty Resident Evil song. Probably it probably okay. is because okay. the showrunners are fucking stupid. We had a dance um, number. We had Zootopia porn. We had it all. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. there's Zootopia porn reference. And um, okay, here's 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 the big thing. A oh. lot of people. We're gonna get we're gonna get into all of our complaints about this show. A lot of people are saying, oh, but the original Resident Evil had cheesy dialogue, too. Like, this is just more... No. 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 Guys, no it's a com it's 100% completely different thing. That's not the thing. fucking point. There is a big difference between dialogue that is meant to imitate, like, you know, 80s and 90s action movies or, like, action horror movies, but is filtered through the lens of people who don't speak English as their first language... Yeah. And Zootopia porn. <laughs> yeah. And, and there is a big fucking difference. And if you can't see that, you might be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, it's it's there there is a difference between fucking like Resident there Evil One's one's dialogue. In tone. Yeah, there Resident Evil One's dialogue is they wrote a script in, 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 in Japanese and it was poorly translated into English because localization wasn't that big of a deal back in the fucking nineties. And they cast actors, they literally cast actors based on their physical appearance to the concept art and in-game models, not based off of talent. Mm -hmm. And then they tried to direct them through, through like a translator and everything like that. Like, there's no, no Japanese, no there's no Japanese, no, <laughs> no Japanese audio for OG Resident Evil 1. It's all English. Yes. It's, it's. Yes, it is cheesy and it is dumb, mm -hmm. but it, it is not it cringe. Is, exactly. It is done it is done with the intention of not being cheesy and silly. Yeah. It, do, there's sincerity it, it to it. No, but yeah, exactly. There's sincerity. It's not this like cynical we're making a joke, we're making cheesy dialogue as a joke. Like yes. it's it's literally like they you know, Jill Sandwich was not supposed to be you know, uh, it, it wasn't supposed to be a joke, right? It wasn't like, written in, it wasn't intentionally supposed to be a fucking meme. Yeah, even though it has become it a fucking meme. It that way. It became that way. Because... Yes. Or the master of unlocking. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, so anyways, fucking Billy and Jade Wesker have their stupid confrontation in the fucking post-apocalypse. And then back in 2022, um, we find out that Albert Wesker, their father, isn't Albert Wesker. He is <laughs> yeah. Al Wesker. Because uh -huh. at some point after 
at some point after the events of, of Resident Evil 1 or, or maybe Code Veronica, um, <clears throat> he cloned himself, um, and he had three clones. It was at and, whatever time he got cloned and, like, Alex Wesker got created. No, Alex Wesker was... No, Alex was, has been Alex around was, forever. Al, yeah, Alex Wesker... There, If you go by the, like, the, like the Resident Evil lore, there was, like... 18 was, or something there were thir- 13 wesker kids yeah and and they and all only like two only two of them survived yes it's supposed to be implied in this shitty plot that al and bert are two of them aren't no, they? no 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 these no. are direct clones that... created by albert wesker himself See, that's... to oh, help sorry, with his I was research to give it credit uh, yeah exactly that's the thing that i said would have made sense i was like why did they not just make them make make the, the no. other two alberts just other Weskers. And you forget, no. there were three of them. Yes. And then one of them is killed mm-hmm. by by Wesker. And and God, like, again, we oh say, like, God. there's three scenes that, that Lance Reddick is great in. And this is one of them. This because it's, them. it's literally Lance Reddick opposite, acting across himself. Yeah. And we see actual Albert Wesker. And be menacing. I, I, I know and... they tried, but he, he just looks like Blade, but I don't well... care because it's it's still Wesker. It's like the black trench coat and the sunglasses and a, bu- a bunch of people menacing. were like, I think a bunch of people on Reddit were like, I think that just makes Wesker white blade. <laughs> yeah, it's it's <laughs> Which it's is true. <laughs> it's it's Since Blade came first. <laughs> it's 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 well he evolved into white blade. He didn't start. He didn't start as white blade. He 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 became white blade by the time Resident Evil Five. In RE Five, yeah. Um, but like, and then Umbrella invades his lab, and one of the clones dies, and then they capture Al and Bert, and Bert remains locked up while Al now works at New Umbrella. Never mind. Keep in keep in mind again. Umbrella raided his facility, even though they've been dead for fucking years at this point. But sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that the, his two daughters are clones of him that he that didn't go through artificial aging, so he can cure his own like blood disease thing and not die or whatever. Well, I think they're combinations of him and. Don't like another donor, something like so that. that I, like, I don't know. They're, they're like pulling, diluted, but they're pulling yeah. some fucking resonant. They're pulling some fucking Metal Gear Solid shit in this yes. fucking thing. And either way, it doesn't matter. E- either all way, that it's it, fucking. All that it, it's basically just they were. They're essentially, and uh, Evelyn refers to them as like his blood packs because he just needs their blood to keep his clone body from deteriorating. Yeah, and, th- and then and then. And then we 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 meet Bert, and he's still alive and well, and he escapes, and 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 he picks and up he the daughters, and he, he, he goes to the, he goes to the Olive Garden and complains about the fact that unlimited breadsticks aren't really unlimited, because yeah. I mean it's fucking terrible, but I can I can, it's it's no, charming no, in a way not. because it's Bert because it it's is, Bert. It is the only scene I loved, like genuinely. Um, I was just like like as we were watching that, I think you two were both still kind of like. Uh, this is fucking weird and dumb, and I was just like, I'm in love already. <laughs> and then, and the, and then they they like, we we go back to the lab because everybody goes back to the lab, 
and uh -huh. we, we get cock teased with a tyrant, like, oh, oh my god, we're gonna actually oh get, like, god, a tyrant or something great. like that? No, fuck you. I'm spoiling that before I even get to that part of the fucking synopsis. Fuck you, no tyrant. Eat shit. Um, and anyways... You get some PTSD flashbacks. Yeah. Billy bites... Billy. Billy bites the guy who, I guess, likes Jade. He's this other fucking stupid tween who also Simon. happens to be, like... Simon, he, he, I'm not. I'm not acknowledging his name. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm trying to at least approach this as a show. No, you just no. have vitriol and I, rage. This is this is fucking <laughs> this is toxic waste. Um, this is and then 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 like his mom, who's Evelyn Marcus, fucking stone cold and just caps him in the face instead of trying to like save him. And like you know maybe there's a cure, even though we in if this takes place in the game universe, we know Umbrella has a cure for the T virus. That's what fucking Jill Valentine uses in Resident Evil 3 after the nemesis infects her with the fucking T-virus. Like, it's she's she's literally saved, yeah. but, you know, fuck you. Pick and choose her fucking lore or whatever. Yeah. And then, uh, then Al does a fucking self-sacrifice play and blows up the lab for reasons. Um, and before he dies, he tells... Jade and Billy to go find Ada Wong, who's hiding out in Tokyo, even though because references, because references, references. and because fuck you, even though this none of this would make any fucking sense. And they they leave with Bert, and the facility explodes. But we know Evelyn survives because, or at least part of her survives because her fucking body is doing a fucking song and dance number fourteen years later. Um, yep. and and then we get our cocktees of Tyrant emerging from or his hand emerging from the rubble. That's that's all we get of Tyrant in this fucking show. And that's that's the end of of the 2022 plot. Again, we don't even get the fucking zombie apocalypse. How that fucking happens? So again, waste of fucking time. Because I'm this show is sure as shit not going to get a second fucking season. And then in 2036, uh, Billy and Jade Wesker are like fucking smack talking each other, and then Jade Wesker uses fucking some zombie pheromone shit to lure zombies there, and then there's this big dumb action fight. And then, then giant alligator shows up. It's even bigger than the one in the games. It's yeah. it's like a kaiju thing. Because references. Yeah. You clapped when you saw it. Yeah, and then then um, it gets killed, and then uh, Billy Wesker shoots Jade Wesker and abducts her daughter and leaves. And that's the end of the twenty thirty six section. So again, nothing's resolved. Nothing's wrapped up. There's no closure. There's no real. And you plot. lost eight hours of your life. <clears throat> Yeah, there's yeah. no real plot to speak of. There's maybe, like, collectively 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes of worthwhile, entertaining footage in this series. Yeah. Like, it's... And it's almost all Lance Reddick. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... it's The show isn't even entertainingly bad. It is, yeah. it, it is mostly really fucking boring and... Like, for me, as a fan of the Resident Evil franchise, every, every single time it tried to reference the games and tried to fucking tie itself into the lore, that just took me out more because they're insistent that this is set in the game universe. It's like, no, these are continuity issues. A man who likes his fucking continuity, right? Like, I could poke fun at fucking continuity in Resident Evil. There's, there's plenty of plot holes, but they're not fucking canyons like this shit. Where it is just, it? it does, shit does not make sense. Yeah, the, the problem that this show encountered, other than the, the narrative felt very disjointed, it was very tone deaf, 
But the issue that I really had with it was that it feels like a lot of creative decisions were made in dialogue and in character presentation that it feels like it's trying to draw in a new crowd into the Resident Evil fandom. It feels like it's trying to cast a line out to go, hey, hip new kids of this generation, (laughs) we, we know about rule 34 and all that hip stuff but that's Um, the thing that's not how you like i mean okay that's not how you lure new fans you lure new fans with nine foot tall vampire mommy exactly god damn right you do (laughs) well i it it feels like by hitting all of the recognizable you know lingo like if it takes place in the realm of the games then using things like umbrella the t-virus Albert Wesker, they don't make sense because all three of those things in the canon don't matter anymore. Yeah. But they are but they are recognizable names and characters, and the the white and red logo is so, you know, Honor. so legendary mm-hmm. that I feel like this is an effort to try and bring in a new wave of people that aren't the jaded 30-somethings that grew up with the game like we are. Um, I I feel like this I like oh we're gonna name our our young lead Billy with an IE and she's gonna dress like Billy Eilish and And listen listen to to Billy Billy Eilish Eilish. yeah because because you y'all like y'all like Billie Eilish, right, kids? And yeah, right? Yeah, if, that, that felt like a very, like, how do you do fellow kids moment it's, to me, it's, Oh, it's sure. so Steve Buscemi. If, if yes. you yeah. just, like, the thing is, like, even, like, no matter what happens, no matter what they did, the show would have been fucking terrible, but it would have yeah. been maybe less terrible if it's just, like, just treat it like the Paul Anderson movies where it's set in its own fucking continuity and the games don't yeah. fucking exist, and this is a yeah. brand new fucking continuity. And then, then, and then just pull whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, then, then you it. wouldn't have to worry about this, this other shit. Or, alternatively, because this, this show feels that way for the most part, make it its own fucking original property. It still <laughs> would have been fucking terrible I, and the, boring. Here's, here's the thing. I... I mean, we wouldn't yeah, have watched like, it, even, sure. Yeah, we, would, we wouldn't have watched it, and I think even if I had heard, like, good reviews... If this didn't have the Resident Evil sign on it, like even barring that it's like a bad, re- bad Resident Evil adaptation, it is a boring series. It is a super boring series. It's just nothing. Oh, but see, but see, here's the thing. You said if it wasn't a Resident Evil series, you might I not have watched, watched it. it. Yeah, so, I know. So guess so it worked. So guess what, motherfucker? Yeah, exactly. It worked. When, when, I, when I started this series... Can I, can I, I talk about the, uh, the, the thing that made me like... Sure. All interest in the, in the, sure. In the show. I just, I just go, want to make one more thing. thing first, real quick. I like talking about fading hope. It's, br- uh-huh. it's brief. Because when I started this series, I did not expect to suffer through a worse Resident Evil thing than Resident Evil Gaiden on the Game Boy Color. And yet here I fucking am. Because Resident Evil Gaiden on the Game Boy Color is a piece of fucking shit. It is objectively the worst fucking game in the goddamn franchise that I have played. And this sh- I would gladly replay Gaiden over re-watching this stupid fucking show. Because at least <laughs> stuff happens narratively in Gaiden. Nothing They're, happens yeah. in this show. It is a waste of time. Alright, so both of you already know this story. Um, because I mentioned it in the while we were watching, live. I might have, um, I might have been comatose. So maybe, it's fine. yeah. So, uh, 
basically, like, I, I tend to give a lot of lee. I mean, okay, I'm, I'm pretty particular about a lot of things, but I do tend to give a lot of leeway in terms of, like, plot holes in shows and movies, because it's just kind of like, I understand it's really hard to, like, you know, wrap everything up nicely and, like, you know, make every, so, like, you know, the stuff the, on top. Yeah, the, the like cinema sin style, like, oh, what about this thing here? Blah blah blah. It's like, ah, it's not really I don't yeah, care, fuck, fuck right? Cinema like Sims. fuck yeah, fuck that shit. But um when a move when a film has me or when a film or franchise or whatever has me so bored that I'm picking up on details that don't make sense, then that means you know you've you've failed. You've failed to like provide me anything other than nitpicky bullshit. Yeah. So, um, at one point in one of the early episodes of the show, uh, when we are in the 2022 timeline, um, Jade and Billy are talking, and Jade mentioned something about how the two of them have never been sick, and how weird it is. It's kind of a throwaway line of dialogue that's just like, you know, two girls, like, chatting in one of their bedrooms or something like that, and they're just kind of like, yeah, you know, like, this is very strange. And it's supposed to be kind of a hint of, like, they're not normal little girls or whatever, right? A couple episodes later, uh, we are in the house again uh, with Jade, Billy, and Simon, and they're trying to solve a Resident Evil-style puzzle to, like, get something that Daddy Wesker left behind for them. Spoilers, the dog is the key. <laughs> the dog is dog the key, is key yes. Card. Um, but the, uh, uh, one of the clues is uh, something that made Jade sad in the fifth grade. And Billy goes to her and she's and she's just like, what, you know, what happened in fifth grade? Like, what would have made you sad? And Jade thinks for a bit and then she's like, well, I don't know. I mean, I had my tonsils out in fifth grade. And I I asked James to pause the episode at that moment because I was like, wait a second. Two episodes ago, they said they never got sick. Why would she need her tonsils removed? Mm-hmm. And I Googled it because I was like, maybe there's some maybe there's some other reason why tonsils get removed other than chronic tonsillitis. And the main reasons that people get their tonsils taken out, chronic tonsillitis or sleep apnea, which is another like major disease that you were born with. If you've never gotten sick, I would consider having a major disease <laughs> like that literally is your brain telling you forgetting to breathe while you sleep. Yeah, like. I would consider that important enough to bring up in this show, not yeah. just a throwaway line of, oh, we never get sick. Yeah. So at that point, I kind of just gave up because clearly if the people running the show don't care enough to make that kind of thing sensical, then I don't care enough about any of this. And right? then, then, then as also Lee pointed out in, in our meme chat, there's a scene where they're on a video call but the video call is, is being run through MS Paint and they, they don't have an internet connection. Yeah. I, I actually did some further contemplation on this. Mm-hmm. Um, the paint tab was open because they did a screen fill of green paint so that they could green screen the video onto it. <gasps> oh yeah, most likely. However, why mm-hmm. do you not just hide the toolbar? <laughs> or, 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 or Photoshop in... Because you don't care. That's the thing. Nobody, this was not a passion project. This was not a, you know, like, because I I had theorized a little bit that like, oh, this kind of feels like a script that was like, you know, oh, it wasn't originally a paranormal activity movie, but we slapped paranormal activity on top and we had the demon show up at the very end. 
or uh you know like uh what like all of the hellraisers right yeah like, or, or like or a, most a, of the hellraisers a, 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 a script written f- for a potential sequel to the anderson series that got passed the, the anderson movies the anderson movies were the passion works yes this they is suck, a dude but... who's literally sitting around going god my wife is so fucking hot and she uh-huh, loves uh-huh. and she loves to be in action movies <laughs> she likes horror oh man i should write a script he pulled the rob zombie thing and it's just like i'm just gonna cast my wife in this yeah. and yeah. he made all the dollars he made all yeah. the money yeah. Welcome and to Raccoon. Welcome to Raccoon City. Whether you like it or not, is a passion project, as well. Like again, the yeah. the, the fucking there's subtle deep well, cut lore shit. Exactly. That's the thing that I mean. There's also a lot of really blatant fan service that's yes. you know maybe a little bit silly, but at the same time, like you can tell that these are people who are trying to adapt something well. Right, like they're yeah. trying to make it good. Welcome and, to and Raccoon City was charming. Exactly, they're they're doing it. One, they're doing it genuinely, and two, they're not afraid to also take the piss out of themselves. Yeah. Right, but not in a like herder Zootopia porn kind of way. In a like you know, yeah, this was silly in the original Resident Evil, but you Is, know, isn't it silly? It is. <laughs> is it, wouldn't it be silly if Leon used a rocket launcher to blow up the monster in a fucking train car next to other people? And people mm-hmm. call Leon out on how stupid that was because mm-hmm. he almost got them killed. Like, yes, if in a real life situation, as badass it is in the fucking game, it is pretty yeah. fucking silly and over the top really and ridiculous. Stupid. Yeah, but it's well, still... welcome to Raccoon City. Even paid homage to those smaller, little like gamer only things very effectively. Leon's introduction is mm-hmm. he's late and he's hungover. Because if you played RE2, you know that he just got dumped the night before and he got blackout drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 he's and that's why he's fucking listening to goddamn Crush. Mm-hmm. Like it's subtle it's, deep cut yeah. shit. Yeah. I mean, you know, people are gonna disagree with us. People are gonna be like, oh, what Raccoon City was shit. And it's like that's no, fine. I, I, like I it was not worse than this. Yeah, it's, it was it's, much it's, better than it this. It is not worse than this. It, it, this 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 this, this, this is, from a fundamental storing storytelling point of view is a worse piece of media. Silent Hill Revelation is better than this piece of shit. Oh God! And Silent Hill Revelation don't is fucking it's awful. Name. It's don't fucking think, look. It. It's fucking awful. Mm-hmm. It is fucking awful. One hundred percent. And it it is it is misguided and it is stupid and it's terrible. But it fucking tried to adapt Silent Hill three. It fucking tried to do something. Terribly, yes. This, this is this, this is nothing. This again, because nothing stuff happens in Silent Hill Revelation. It's dumb, but stuff happens. Nothing. I can't stress that enough. Nothing fucking happens. If a season, if a season two does not exist, the show is one hundred percent a waste of fucking time because there's nothing of value happens. Nothing. It is just boring. the the problem here is that when you have a two timeline story, especially where it concerns the same characters in young and old versions, yeah, the what you want to accomplish with a script like that is for the two timelines to play off of each other, 
yes. to ask yes. questions of each other yes. and have them answered. Yeah, and, like, like and True Detective most, or something. Yeah, one of the most frustrating things about this was how often we would cut between the timelines completely unmotivated yeah. yeah where it was just it was just like oh nothing's happening in the in the you know 2022 timeline let's see what's happening in 2034 and you're just like Ugh, like meanwhile at the wall you could and, rearrange and, and, every oh, single and, one of these fucking and did, scenes and it wouldn't change a goddamn thing they did a couple of things too where like there was one episode i remember where they started the episode or no they god it was you like mean, they finished the episode on a cliffhanger of Jade got captured by Umbrella and she's marched in front of this like a, this like hooded assassin type figure and the the uh, the person like pulls back their hood and she's like oh, you and then like it you know ends on a cliffhanger and then they start the episode with like the flashback stuff and they don't cut back till the end of the next episode and then when they cut back they replay the exact same fucking scene that was the cliffhanger from the previous episode and we're like how stupid do you think we are, show? Honestly. It, it's it's so bad. Why this is sh- like why why would you shoot it this way? Nothing nothing of value. Why would you edit it this way? Happens. Yeah. You you could rearrange every fucking scene in this goddamn show and it would not change a fucking thing. Okay. So speaking of changes though, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the ideas that we had all bandied around as, like, ways we would fix this. Because even though it's a piece of shit, I don't necessarily think it would be, it's 100% unsalvageable. You can fix it. Yeah. Yeah, I can fix it. (laughs) I can fix it. (laughs) So, um, one of the big things that I, uh, so, like, this is, I'm going to start, I I have a list of changes that I, that I thought of. Ooh, okay. Um, and I'm going to start with, like, the most minor change and go down to, like, the most major change, basically. Okay. So my first one was that I thought the future timeline should have been set mostly on the boat. We get to the boat at about episode six five? episodes in, five episodes in, something yeah. like that. And um, it's supposed. This is supposed to be where her fam, where future Jade, where her family is, where her daughter's been staying, where like basically all of her crew that she's been like you know observing the zombies and getting information and working for like what she's been trying to go back to. Basically, mm-hmm. we know none of these people. We know nothing about anything that's happening here. So my fix is that you start you start the plot on the boat. You see Jade happy family, yada yada, and she's got a mission. Her mission is she's going she's gonna to find a cure for the zeros, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can have little mini adventures, right? Each, maybe each episode, like, maybe the, the, you know, they have to be on a boat because they're hiding from future Umbrella who's tracking them down, and they've got this, you know, badass hooded assassin that, oh, we don't know who she is, we don't know who this is, who this mystery assassin is, but, like, who knows? Um... And they're, they're like, constantly being tracked, so they have to keep moving. But, you know, every once in a while they have to stop, and so Jade can get off and do her research. Mm-hmm. And then in those little research trips, you can have, you know, your your little, like, oh, your liquor fight or your, you know... Your Scooby-Doo moments. Crazy yeah. Spanish cult or, yeah, whatever, right? Um, But as it stands right now, we had, like, two episodes with the boat people, and it was literally just, like... 
she got a bunch of them killed again. And it yeah. was like, wouldn't this be much more impactful if we had spent the entire series with these people? If these survivors had actually been characters that we got to know over multiple episodes? And then, you know, they're going out and doing these things. And yeah, some of them die. Some of them don't come back. And it's very dangerous work. And it's, it's you know, it's it shows... You get to see Jade growing as a character of like, oh my god, is it even worth it anymore? Like, losing my family and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Either way, I think tightening up the future stuff so it was not just a constant rinse and repeat of she goes to a new location, meets some zombies, meets some survivors, survivors get killed by zombies because of her, she runs away to another location, and it's just like... this. No. And no. that that opens a beautiful spot for some character development because if you're mm-hmm. dedicating all this time to the boat and getting to see Jade's um uh endeavors to try and like figure out the zombie issue, mm-hmm. then you've got her in the future in the future embracing this role as a scientist essentially, whereas mm-hmm. it's juxtaposed with her as a kid of like hating what her father is doing with the power of science. Yes. And so you can have these moments early on, make it in Mm -hmm. the first like two episodes where someone in the future says to Jade, you know, like meant to be encouragingly like, you know, you might be as good as your dad someday. And she'll say, don't you ever fucking compare us. But all you know about is nice Al Wesker. And it's like, well, what's Mm -hmm. so wrong with Al? Mm -hmm. I want to know what is, what is wrong with Al. That is the perfect segue into my second idea for a fix, which is that more Lance Reddick. <laughs> more Lance. Well, I mean, honestly, yes, but also, uh, the past storyline needed more mystery. Yes, it needed more questions because, and you're already at, you're already on your back foot when you're you're telling two different timeline stories, and we know that the future timeline. You know, like, so we know who's survived what, right? Like, we know Jade and we know Jade and Billy are still alive, right? Like, it's just like that. Or we know at least Jade is alive for the beginning, right? So, you know, you you kind of like have that element of like, well, nothing is really that dangerous. So what do you do in the past that makes this interesting? You know, some shows like Better Call Saul do this really fucking well by just having like fucking solid ass character development and, and, you know, uh, like amazing god tier writing that obviously this show couldn't afford um but you know needless to say um we made fun of the like wesker kids scooby-doo but honestly that would have been preferable to what we got which was just this very generic teen drama type thing but like what if you know what if raccoon city was this kind of big cover-up we're like, nobody talked about it. What if there was this element of like, we don't really know what dad does for work. And then slowly they start piecing things together of like, oh, and they kind of went that direction a little bit with like, they talk to a conspiracy theorist and then that guy gets like kidnapped and like tortured by Umbrella. But it's like, I don't want, I don't want some random extra coming in and being the guy like getting tortured and, and for information, like, right? Like, who cares? I don't care about that. What what I want is I want to see the main characters solving stuff, getting getting information, having questions, and then getting answers to those questions through their actions in the story. Mm-hmm. But instead, we just get, oh, she goes and breaks into the lab because they're hurting bunnies. 
Yeah, <laughs> you're starting to give me all these ideas for like directions they could have gone. Okay, uh-huh. dig dig this shit. I'm just theory crafting on the spot. Dig this yeah. shit. Okay, yeah, go for Evelyn, it. Evelyn, gone. Albert yeah. is the head of, of Umbrella. Fuck sure. it. It's not Umbrella, it's Tricell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fuck fuck you, everybody. It's Tricell. <laughs> Billy, Billy and Jade break in because uh, they're hurting the bunnies. Okay, it's not a dog. Billy gets bitten by a bunny. It's okay. an easily concealable bite, mm-hmm. but she's still infected with the T virus. Mm-hmm. She keeps it under wraps, doesn't want to let dad know that anything's wrong and that she broke into the facility. They manage to keep that under wraps until Wesker needs to draw her blood yep. sample yep. and infects himself with the virus again, like <laughs> reigniting it, mm-hmm. which makes him become old Wesker. There you go. Fuck the fuck the clone thing. It's yeah. like he found a way to suppress it. Mm-hmm. And then by taking her tainted blood, he becomes yeah. Wesker again. And, oh my God. And then we just and have Mike Reddick. The, and then makes the company into the evil conglomerate we know it to be. Perfect. Like, like he has a board meeting where he's like, we're restructuring. <laughs> and they're like, I thought we were working on this thing. No, no, we're working on this, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. No, a hundred percent, and that that would actually lead into change number three, which was let let Lance Reddick be Wesker instead of yeah, whatever. Just whatever let Lance fuck, Reddick be Lance Reddick. Whatever the fuck he was playing for most of that, <laughs> like let him be Wesker. He's he's fucking cool. He's a cool bad guy, right? Lance Reddick plays a great villain, and Wesker is a cool bad guy. Let Re- Lance Reddick be Wesker. God damn it. Yep. And and you know you know. You know, when they see criticism about about, you know, this show, they'll be like, oh, it's because we made Wesker black. It's not. It's not in the slightest. He's the best part of your fucking show. No, you, you show. fucking like, misused him. You fucking yeah, you goddamn mis- hacks. You, you ruined it. You ruined your show. <laughs> you had one job. Make him yeah. Wesker. And you only yeah. let him be Wesker for like three fucking minutes. Honestly, when I when I heard he was gonna be Wesker, I was fucking pumped. Same. I was like, that was I the was one like, thing I was looking forward shit. to. And we got we got that one scene of him in the principal's office where he it was like kind of leaking through, and you were just like, oh my god, he is amazing. And then it was just like we just got nothing but but khaki dad the entire rest of the time, and and then Uncle yeah. Bert. Uncle Bird is a treasure, but you yeah, know, no, I'm I'm still wanted... on a roll. I'm still on a yeah, roll. My yeah, brain yeah, just yeah, keeps yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. I'm shit. <laughs> okay, so since you've since you've changed the structure so that oh. the this the future storyline all takes place on the boat, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they keep getting contacted throughout the season by Umbrella, uh-huh. and Umbrella's like trying to make a deal with them. Mm. Umbrella's trying to be cool and be like, hey, you know. Let's pool our resources, you know, we'll give you the firepower, you give us the science, let's help each other out here. Okay, skip until the end when Jade brings the zombie on board. That causes all hell to break loose. That's the mm-hmm. fall of, of the ship. You know, that it's fucked. Um, they're, they're able to contain the zombies like on a lower deck. Make this a, a two-episode thing. They can okay. they they lock the zombies down on the lower deck, and they have to push the button. They have to say, "Fine, fuck it." Ask Umbrella to save us. <laughs> uh-huh, and it's the uh-huh. last episode, last stand. They're on the deck of the ship. 
and the helicopters show up and it's blue umbrella oh and chris redfield oh my god and helps them because they just they could just say umbrella and then it's a thing for us it's a reveal it's blue umbrella yeah and he talks to jade yeah and he goes you know what's your name jade oh jade jade what jade wesker hmm (laughs) there's your season two stinger there you go there you go fuck i'm good yeah (laughs) and uh where's my money (laughs) (laughs) that kind of brings me into number four which is that for all the references this show makes to resident evil it didn't feel resident evil at all no it Mm -mm. it 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 felt like a generic zombie movie. It felt like, why why do we have the T-virus? Why can it not be a new virus? Call right? it joy. Yeah, call it joy. Call it whatever the fuck you want. Give it give it a new name. Call it joy, and then it's secretly one of the like, you know, it's like it's like the the I don't know, the X virus or something like Uncle that. Uncle right? Wesker's the J virus. Cat J virus for yes. joy. You're right. That is going to be right. my one that is going to be my one contribution to how to fix this show because my <laughs> my 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 way of fixing the show is burn everything. Burn everything. Just fire and down. fucking n- just don't even fucking make it and maybe save Lance Reddick for a different Resident Evil adaptation. Oh my god. Like, Can you I, I hate him this in a legit one. Yeah. I that would be amazing cuz someone I, I don't someone even want CGI, it fixed at this point. <laughs> someone CGI replace the guy who played Wesker in Welcome to Raccoon City with Lance Reddick. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I want. I'm I'm good. I'm good. That'd be fine. Um, fucking fucking have Lance Reddick be Wesker in the Anderson movies. <gasps> Just I anything. Anything. I take it in a Lance Reddick chewing scenery with Mila Jovovich. Oh my I'll god! That'd be fantastic. Yes. Holy sh! Oh my god, that's brilliant. Okay, but anyway, like I. I want to see big screen B.O.W.s. I want to see, like, the crazy shit that Resident Evil is actually known for. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to see... I don't care about a giant fucking alligator. I know that shit's in the games, but the cool shit is, like, you know, fucking Lady Dimitrescu turning into a fucking nightmare flesh dragon by the fucking end. Fucking Tyrant, right? where we get cocktails <laughs> with fucking Tyrant. Do oh, something with fucking tyrant. tyrant he was that tyrant, was... whatever. Yeah, he was fucking fake... Danny DeVito's tyrant. He needed yeah. to eat some more protein. Give us fake Ada Wong and fucking, you know, the RE6 who turns into a give, big give melted me... pile of cum. And... No, give, me, the... give me fucking Derek Simmons. I would never fucking give ask me... for Simmons. Give, give me, me fucking Derek in... Simmons. Give me fucking goddamn incel and mad at that Ada Wong dumped me Simmons. By the way, that's a cameo from JoJo, by the way. Yeah, that's JoJo. really noticeable. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, you, had the piece, you had the pieces right there. You had Evelyn yeah. established as Leech Daughter, so let her turn into a big fucking Turn leech. her into a giant leech. Oh my god, if, if the end of the, um, if the end of the future timeline had been, like, oh, they, you know, we gotta take you to Evelyn, oh, we gotta, like, we're 
we're, you know, finally arrested Jade and we're taking her to Evelyn and Evelyn is a pile of leeches, I would have been like, 10 out of 10. <laughs> I love that it's not even a giant, like, elaborate leech monster. It's uh-uh. just a pile of leeches. <laughs> Literally, no CGI involved. Just get 3,000 leeches and pile them up on a on a swivel chair and rotate it as Jade come, as Jade is marched into the room. And I'm like, Hell yeah. sold. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now we're talking. There you fucking go. But yeah, it's just like... It it simultaneously wanted to like ride the coattails of Resident Evil without really kind of like understanding what made the weirdness so charming yes. and so engaging. It was just like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make our own thing, except it's just gonna be the T virus. But now we're calling them zeros, and now they're fast zombies, and they they make animals really big, except like not really like that's not really the thing, and like it's just like what? Just give us crazy BOWs. Give us like. Keep keep the plot focused on the people. I don't care about a giant kaiju like dinosaur in the game. That's fine because it's just like okay, yeah, we have a we have a fucking shark in the sewers, right? Like okay, that's that's just a set piece for the game. I don't I don't need that translated in real life. The stuff that's interesting is when you see you know fucking Wesker punch that plane full of toxins and turn into giant like you know fucking creepy Ouroboros Wesker, where it's just like. Yeah, fuck you. I don't even care about my humanity anymore. I'm I'm gonna fuck you up, <laughs> no matter what it takes. That's the kind of Resident Evil villain I want. God damn yep. it. <sighs> no, you get Evelyn. Sorry. I, I I also would have taken that fucking Melvin from Resident Evil Survivor, whose mom calls up his work, and is like, "Won't you please stop doing those evil experiments and come back home?" Whereas it's a fucking Melvin and he gives his, he's a fucking supervillain and his mom knows he's a fucking supervillain and he gives his mom his fucking work number. He's a fucking lame ass. We gotta have, we gotta have a show where the villains are Irving from Resident Evil 5. Yes. And the fish guy from Resident Evil 8. Oh, Moreau yes. is too good for this world. Yes. <laughs> Irving, right. Irving is too so, good like, for this two, world. The two incompetent fish guys, just I, like I, as the main villain. You guys! You guys, I, you're making me look bad. I've got, I think, the perfect note to end this uh, this review on. Thank God. Now it's a pile I'm gonna, of afterbirth. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull the fighting children apart on the playground. Okay. And make them make amends the way children are supposed to. James, I want you to say three nice things about Netflix's Resident Evil that aren't Lance Reddick. No, <laughs> come on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 all right. Uh, it's not getting a season two. Uh, <laughs> my three nice things are no. Okay. Uh huh. Very good. That's number one. No, that's it. That's it. That's all three. That's all three. I, I have nothing nice to say about this show except for Lance Reddick. It is, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. I, I just, it is, it is infuriatingly boring. I yeah, could have don't accepted even watch it. it out of curiosity. I could have no. accepted it if it was terrible, but stuff happened where I can at least like laugh at it. Right. Also, by the way, I did say I wouldn't have watched this if this was Resident Evil or if this wasn't Resident Evil. I'm going to uh, like add an addendum to that, that. If this wasn't Resident Evil and I wasn't watching with you guys, 
I definitely wouldn't have watched I'm, it. I'm going to add an addendum of if I did not watch it with you two, I would have given up in the first episode. I might have even quit when I saw that fucking stupid Zootopia line trending on fucking Twitter yeah. without even fucking watching it. Because I'm like, no, man, this is fucking... I can't. I can't. I fucking... Some, like, of, that, we, some we, of that shit probably would have gotten me to, like, watch it out of curiosity to be like, ooh, how bad does this get? And then I would have been like, oh, shit, it's just boring. Like, oh, <laughs> shit, it's eight hours long. Yeah. We, we, we it's briefly... Just, it's just those two things, and then it's a bunch of bullshit. We still need to get back to it, but we briefly touched upon how we watched the first couple episodes of Netflix's Bebop, and it wasn't good. Yeah. And, and I'm not We're expecting it this. to get any better, and I'm not expecting it... I'm expecting it to get worse... But even even on like just just a bare fucking level, even with misguided fucking writing on that show, I can still tell that there was some fucking passion behind it. And, because... and we did talk about it a little bit that uh, the two main or not the main, two main characters. What's it, the 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 main character and his one side the big buff dude sidekick? Jed, Spike yeah. and Jed. Yes. Excellent casting and, and the chemistry great is together. great. They have they have great chemistry. And, and I would watch them just hang out all day. <laughs> the yep. look the look of the show looks pretty great and they have like little nods that they don't necessarily need to that don't fucking stand out, like fucking the Wick Donald sign and they brought but, back fucking uh, James, the composer. You are you are black and you are male. Yeah. I mean the writing is <laughs> fucking terrible, don't get me wrong. But at the very least it has something I can at least I, I could even even though I fucking hate Cowboy Bebop so far, I could still say some nice things about it. Like like the the actors have chemistry and and it looks nice and the CG is not completely terrible. I mean, granted, the CG isn't completely terrible in Resident Evil Netflix, but that's besides the point. Like, just yeah. it, the score is at least fucking good. There's stupid editing choices like that fucking bit with Tank where they start the the thing of Tank and say, like, okay. Okay, they're then just gonna cut into the opening and it's gonna lead in, but then they restart the song as the opening starts. Oh, it's yeah. like what the fuck? Oh, that was awful. Yeah, that's that's right. a stupid, terrible editing choice, but it's like Yeah. It these the music is still fucking good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. You're still getting some entertainment out of it, even if it's uh, you know, still far inferior to actually just watching the anime again. Yeah. It's Yeah. Alright. Closing thoughts on Resident Evil. Eat shit. Fucking... I feel bad for uh, the the kid actors because I don't I don't think they're bad. I just think this show is awful. <laughs> uh, this show is just, just they felt the worst. they felt better than the Fear Street actors. I'll give them that. I mean, at I least mean, the Fear Street actors yeah. gave us double. That's true. <laughs> I don't have anything from the like I I no no hate towards the cat the actual actors. Like, yeah, because they're just they're just paid to do a fucking they're job. Just, they, yeah, they're doing their jobs. They they did. They did a fine job. It's just that the material they were hired on fucking a terrible, sucked. Terrible and thing. The, yeah. the writing sucked and the directing sucked and fucking yeah. everything which, fucking sucked. Which that is not the fault of of fifteen year olds. So no. nobody on Twitter go no, bully and don't bully any fifteen year olds. Please. It's not even the fault of the the adult actors. It's, no, it's nobody's fault except for the creators behind it. No, Unless, and don't even bully. Don't even bully them. Just 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 have have a podcast and make your criticisms. Shout into the void and then. Go on with your fucking lives. Yeah. It works for us. Don't harass people. Go, yeah. go, a goon squad special. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, unless it's Riddler. Tone deaf, uh, unnecessary double timeline, disjointed mess. Best part of series is we need to access Dad's underground hidden lab, and they pick up a Pomeranian and slide it along the wall, and it unlocks the door. The less context you have for that, the better. He was fantastic. Yeah, the 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 meme game was strong. That's my favorite part of the series. The meme game was fantastic. But uh Oh, and I yeah. clapped when they played Moonlight Sonata. Yeah. Although w- was it you who said would it have been worse if it wasn't Moonlight Sonata? Yeah, it's like we, we <laughs> saw the piano and we were all going, "Oh no, it's going to be Moonlight Sonata." And uh-huh. it was. But uh-huh. then like Wait, might it have been worse if it wasn't? Yeah, like imagine if it's instead it was uh, Beethoven's the, Fifth. No, no, the uh, the the song that Evelyn dances to at the end. Uh, what? Oh, that'd have been dreadful. <laughs> the piano remix. Sad yeah. piano yeah. version. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't waste your time, folks. No, it's not worth it. Do not. We have suffered for you, yeah. so you don't have to. Yeah. Except for, except for Mike, he, he, he suffered for nothing. Oh yeah, Mike suffered for no reason, because he couldn't be on this podcast. But, sorry Mike. <laughs> Love you, Mike. He, he, will get, uh, he will get his chance, he'll get his day in the sun. Yeah. yeah. Soon. Soon. Yeah, if, if we're lucky, Prey will continue to, s- the trend of shitty Predator movies, so like, Mike, no, Mike never has anything good to talk about anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so should we do a little weekly roundup and then uh, close up shop? Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, who first? James, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Uh, mine's mine's pretty quick. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we beat the quarry on stream because I think we might have mentioned that we were playing the quarry oh, yeah. and we ah, liked yes. it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The quarry mostly stuck the landing. It was pretty yeah. solid. We somehow kept yeah. everybody alive. That was fun. It was not neat. written by Joe Hill. Yeah. Yeah, not <laughs> written by Joe Hill. Uh, yeah, yeah. is pretty mostly pretty solid. Um, the yes, hi Jojo. Yeah, the hi, new Jojo. uh the new TMNT beat 'em up game came out, and that game fucking goddamn slaps. Yes. It's... I actually I, I I have not played it with you yet, but I have played it with a couple of people, and it's been very fun. Yeah, it's and, stellar. And mm-hmm. there's so much love and passion put into that thing that it's it's pretty pretty outstanding. Um. I recently started watching anime again, finally. Uh, one of which I am not going to talk You stop that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, one of which I'm not going to talk about just because of the fact that we're I'm dragging Kat and Lee into watching it. And, you, you, uh, say that, you say that as if it's another Resident Evil. It's a wonderful thing oh, that we a, love it's, watching it's, with it's, you. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing, but you know, I, I just don't want to even like say much about it. And yeah, I, I also, you know, I, I'm 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 broken down, man. At this point, I drag you through anything. Uh, and then the other two things that I finished off are um, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai, which is a 13 episode anime and a movie uh, based off of some uh, light novel series. Uh, it was mostly solid. Uh, it gets really fucking. Stop that. Mo- it gets really, really, really fucking weird. Uh, due to the way that the um, the whole adolescent syndrome thing functions, basically the the setup is is a bunch of teenagers have this thing called adolescent syndrome, which 
causes weird supernatural shenanigans. Like the 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 first character that the the main character helps out is this uh, former child actress, and people are no longer able to see her or even remember her, and except for him. So he's basically trying to figure out like why this is happening and, and how to to help her out. Uh, all the dialogue is pretty solid and very, very funny, and the characters are very likable, despite the fact that this is kind of a more serious drama. I've seen some people describe it as a tearjerker, and yeah, I can say some parts of it are sad, but like it, it didn't make me fucking like ball up or anything. Uh, it's it's good, but it's really fucking weird because of the mechanics of this and, and the situations. I was telling Lee about some of the more intricate details and it gets it gets weird, and I like it, but it's it's I, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to do, explain, despite the fact that it gets kind of convoluted. And then the other thing, which um, Lee, I've also been kind of talking about with Lee, is uh, my dress up darling. Hell yeah! Which is uh, yeah. another uh, sort of romantic comedy sort of thing. Uh, the best way to describe it is it's wholesome and lewd. Uh, I know that sounds maybe a little weird, but basic, the basic premise is that there's the main character, high school student, uh, sort of a friendless guy, and he lives with his grandfather, and his big passion in life is doll making, specifically Japanese hina dolls. And he keeps this as a secret, because first time he expressed passion in this, uh, when he was a kid, his childhood friend basically kind of like made fun of him for it and called him weird because boys shouldn't be like making dolls or playing with dolls or anything like that. So he's very introverted and shy and friendless and et cetera, et cetera. And the most popular girl in his class, who is super, super extrovert and attractive, discovers this and she gets really fucking excited because she is an aspiring cosplayer. And she is terrible at making her own cosplay. And she basically goes, hey, you know, since you're good at sewing, can you, like, help me with my cosplay? And it's, it's basically about, you know, their, 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 their antics of him making her cosplay and everything like that. It's very, very, very well in-depth in regards to, like, the cosplay community and, and how, like, people, like, the costumes are made and, like, the, the reasons for cosplay. And also, like, it's very in-depth in regards to Japanese Hina doll making. And it's it's a very cute and wholesome show, <clears throat> and it doesn't it it does do a few things that kind of irk me about like typical fucking rom com shit, but it's minor considering how very likable the leads are, and it's it's kind of refreshing to see like all the typical traits that you would see on like a male anime character, like being a super big fucking gamer and otaku and all that shit, on the female character. Like, she is a huge fucking weeb, and she's into fucking, fucking lewd visual novels, and she's into fucking Sailor Moon-type anime and other fighting anime and all this other shit. Well, the main guy is just like, I just like making dolls, dude. I don't know any of this shit. But it's, it's, a, it's a cute and wholesome little show, but also has a shit ton of fan service. It's fucking lewd as shit. But it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's fun. It's it's like I said. It's weird. It's wholesome and lewd. Uh, it's nothing. She, she drives. She drives over and picks him up and says, "I lied. We're not going to the thread store. We're going to go smoke dabs <laughs> and watch Akira." <laughs> yeah, it's 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 one of the th like. There's a cute scene where basically uh, she he, she wants to cosplay as a character from like the Sailor Moon type show, 
So he goes over to pick up the DVD box set. And she's like, well, how about we like watch the show here? And it's like this cute at home date as she like makes him binge like episode after episode of fucking Sailor Moon just so he can get like a better idea on how to make the fucking cosplay. It's 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 cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's neat, but it's, it won't be for everybody, but you know, it's, it's fine. That's basically all I've been doing. Hell yeah. Got to catch up on all that anime. Yeah. There's, there there's, there's a lot of it and I'm, I'm a very, I'm very picky. And, uh, it's like, I think the first anime series that I've watched of these three, since we all watched erased together and Hell erased, yeah. erased was the first thing that I had watched since, oh. Jojo's and Devilman Crybaby. You, you poor soul. You mm-hmm. forgot. I reopened Pandora's box. Well, we didn't. Pandora's we didn't coffin, finish it. Say. We didn't finish it yet, though. Yeah, we we've, we've been rewatching that Helsing Ultimate. Yeah. We, yeah. Oh my god. Edgy yeah. fucking shit. Good old Edge Lord shit. Thirteen-year-old <laughs> James is very happy at fucking Edge yeah. Lord vampire nonsense. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it for me. Um, well, oh, mine's pretty brief, so I'll just knock mine out, I guess. Okay. Uh, I've done... Uh, uh, who am I kidding? I reactivated my Final Fantasy XIV. No, oh, no. <laughs> no wonder it's brief. <laughs> and, uh... God damn, that game is really good. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really fucking good. Uh, I am a weirdo when it comes to MMOs in that, um... My real life introvert attitude even kind of goes into the digital world. I don't like partying with people. I don't like doing the like multiplayer part of the massively multiplayer online RPG. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, and FF14 lets you basically solo most of the content except for like pivotal battles where you do need to get party with people. But to FF14's credit, the community is very welcoming and very understanding to newer players and people learning mechanics. It doesn't have any of the toxicity that I've encountered playing WoW, Ion, other MMOs. Um, So really cool community. Um, Game is, the game is fucking stellar. Um, And then other than that, other than the series that uh, we're keeping under wraps that we here at the Gooncast are still watching... Uh, I had a John Carpenter triple feature, which Ooh. was uh, which was delicious. All stuff I've seen before, but you know, had to had to get in touch with the goodies. Rewatched the thing in the mouth of madness and Prince of Darkness. Damn, nice, nice, all bangers. Yeah, yeah, and that was you know that's always good. Those are those are just fucking killer movies. Um, the thing still just a masterpiece. I. I can't understate it. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched John Carpenter's The Thing, mm-hmm. what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, start, go watch that watch movie. It, watch it like the second we're done. Now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it as far as content. Yeah. It's been, uh, yeah, I most, most of my stuff that's been filling up my life lately has been non-media stuff. It's just been a lot of, like, uh, school work uh health and fitness sort of shit not really digging on too much like new content other than mm-hmm. um that sweet sweet ff14 goodness so yeah a light catch-up for me okay well all right i have i have a couple of things i wanted to talk about um but 
Uh, I'm going to keep it fairly brief because I think we might do a podcast on one of them if I can convince these guys to also watch it. Um, but first, I want to talk about Stray. Oh, oh so I yeah, I, I platinumed it. Um, I so I can say I'm pretty much an authority on being a cat. Uh, you it you is, can be. The I white would hope so, considering. Yeah. I would hope so, considering your fucking name. I know, I know. I'm just, I'm a master. This game was made. It's my game. It was made for me. Um, Thanks, Ginger. But, <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, uh, it is a hella charming game that would not be getting nearly as much attention if you were not playing as a four-legged feline. Um, it is like the experience is worth it. It's a very short game. It's only like yeah. six hours, I think. Uh, and I dicked around a lot. Like I, I, I got the there's a there's a trophy for meowing a hundred times, I think, and oh I got it God. in the first chapter. <laughs> I I want to ask questions, but I want to keep them vague because I do want to play this. Okay. Um, and yet one of the things I hear about it is that what, what makes it so charming is like how much work and detail went into making this cat actually act like a cat. Yes. Yes. There are, there are so many little moments that just like as a cat owner myself and also just like, you know, someone who likes the animal, it's just like, oh, this is so charming. There, there are a couple of things that like, I wish they had done, but that's more of like, just me wanting more out of this game than I think their scope and budget would have allowed. So it's, it's me being selfish, but I'm just like, okay. I, I want to be more of a cat even. Um, yeah. I, but... I was sold when I was watching, I was watching friend of the goon cast, Lucally, uh, play a mm -hmm. little bit. I only stopped in for like three minutes cause I wanted to avoid spoilers, mm -hmm. but uh, she was in the middle of solving a puzzle and it involved knocking an object off of a high area and yep. the cat just does that thing yep. where it looks at the object and just smack, <laughs> just yep. knocks it off the edge like it's a glass of water that bat, you bat, just bat. spat on the table. Yep. And I thought, all right, this is charming as fuck. I'm leaving yep. the stream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 wonderful. That continues, that 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 trend continues for sure. Um, and yeah, I think uh, ultimately Will and I, because Will also played it, um, Will and I both had some criticisms about um, the, you know, just basically like some pacing stuff and a little bit of like, you know, we were a little bit disappointed by like a narrative decision or two narrative decisions rather. Um, and so, you know, when you do get to play it, perhaps we can talk about it on the cat on the podcast for yeah. a tiny bit, because I I would love to get into that more. But ultimately, like, I think it's just it's a very fun, solid game. And like. It's just really something people need right now. It's like that kind of just like this is, you know, part of what makes games so great is that they allow for this like, you know, yeah, you can tell really cool, intricate stories where you can just be a cat for six hours. And like, that's kind of all people need sometimes, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I yeah. think I think they did a really, really good thing. And I think, you know, I like I don't think it, you know, I don't think it should win game of the year which a lot of people are saying There's a big push for that yeah i mean it, like it's great but it's it 
a lot of the gameplay is very basic. It's a lot of fetch quests and, you know, it's it it's stuff that we've seen in 100 games before, right? It's just we haven't seen them as a cat. And that's the novelty is that part of the experience, right? Like I've I'm sure there are indie games where you play as a cat. I've never seen one done to this level of polish before. I I, I guess an ample comparison to an extent would be, um, I mean, on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, Maneater. Granted, that game is a bit like, like jankier and whatnot and more tongue in cheek, but like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a fun game and you get to play as a shark, but like everything design wise is nothing you haven't seen. In, yes. in 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 like an open world sandbox game before it's yeah. just you are a shark yes yeah and honestly that like that can be enough like that to me is already yeah. like i I'd, I'd much rather play as a shark sometimes than just another another person yeah. right i'm a, i'm a person every day give me something new so anyway, that's that's my review of Stray. I thought it was just wonderfully charming. The platinum was really easy, except for one trophy that I hated with every fiber of my being. And surprisingly, it was not the speedrun trophy. Hmm. The speedrun was actually very forgiving um, and pretty easy to get through because you, you just sprint your little cat legs off. But there's one where you have there's a trophy for uh, avoiding getting grabbed by the like enemies. Oh, yeah. Or like a, a like a minute long stretch of gameplay. And it's a fucking nightmare because it's they like suction to you. And sometimes they bounce and like bounce away harmlessly. And then other times they bounce and then like bounce directly onto you. And you're like, what the fuck? How am I supposed to protect that? Anyway, um, go play Stray, everybody. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh. Then the second thing I want to talk about was uh, after we watched Black Phone, Will and I were kind of like, ah, let's keep watching horror movies. And, uh, you know, we were just kind of digging through. And I had heard about this movie through the Internet. So it was kind of like one of those things where I'm like, oh, I've heard it was good. I saw some like screenshots of it and it looked kind of like interesting and weird. So like, let's check it out. And uh, I was very pleasantly surprised that it was actually very, very good. Um, it's a movie called Incantation. Um, so it is a Taiwanese found footage movie, um, which already like, I know I am. Yeah. And I know I am also like one of those people that's, uh, I will watch anything found footage. So, you know, obviously take my recommendation with a grain of salt. If found footage is really not your thing. This one, however, did something I've never seen a found footage movie do. And it was something that was so interesting that it just stuck with me. Like, and it has still stuck with me. I've still been thinking about it. So to that extent, I think it's like worth watching. It's okay. just I, I, like I have some I have some issues with um, actually kind of similar to Resident Evil in a weird way. Um, the, there are two timelines. There's like a, you know, basically like a, a f- sort of a flashback timeline and then a present day timeline. And uh, sometimes when they cut between them, it's not entirely clear which timeline you're in which can be very confusing and take you out of the movie for a second. Once you figure out like, Oh, her daughter's here. I guess this is the future. I didn't think that was the future, like weird. So, but despite that, um, it was really solid. It had some really interesting things going for it. And, uh, yeah, it, it also didn't do that annoying found footage thing where it just like lets the actors improvise dialogue because it's found footage so it's natural ha 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 it was like 
very intentionally, this woman is filming things. She knows she's filming things. She's talking as if she's filming things. Okay. And, 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 you know, cause I, I also am somebody where I get an, I get really annoyed at the dialogue in found footage movies, but I get more annoyed when I have to read that dialogue, which, you know, if you're watching a foreign language movie, it's like, Mm. yeah, you're going to have to do some reading. Um, but this one, this one, I was like, I didn't even care. Like I was totally on board. Um, you know, the, the stuff that was happening on screen was way more interesting and, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Here it is. Incantation. Okay. Yeah. So it's on it's on Netflix right now. It's streaming. Um, so I I'm I'm trying to, you know, I would love to eventually wrangle you two for for this at some point, if possible. But you you never have to twist my arm over found footage <laughs> schlock. I'm down with that. Hell yeah. Listen, Hell yeah. listen, we watched Grave Encounters 2 together. <laughs> we yeah, can we me. can watch. An, well, it that's what I me, mean. It's better than we can, Grave Encounters 2. We can watch Incantation. Uh, Yay! Yeah, we're we're not. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fine. I'm always down for 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 watch parties, especially if like you... it leads to gooncasty content. Cool. You, yeah, you said fine. that. You said that with the kind of qualifier that you say to a friend of like when you want to talk about a really sensitive personal subject. It's like you don't mind if I bring this up to you, do you, <laughs> James? We watched Grave Encounters 2 together. It's yeah. okay. It's Bring okay. Up anything to me. Listen, we're, I, we're practically married. I made you watch Axum. There you go. There you go. There that that's the rub. That's the rub. Like oh it's gosh. it's it's fine. Like I'm I'm down for for and also I'm the asshole who's trying to get us to watch every single live action video game adaptation. Which means Hell House of yeah. the Dead. And I'm, the, I'm the one pushing for House of the Dead, man. Hell yeah. Why yeah. do you want to live forever, Lee? To be immortal. <laughs> Shit, it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Coming maybe one day. Yeah, someday. We do we do need to we do need to do our UA bowl uh, uh retrospective. Yeah, and so he, so also, he can beat us up. <laughs> yeah, and also the we we still need to do the the live action uh Phoenix Wright movie. <gasps> yeah, we do. And also yeah, we, we, do. we we I want to pair that with the live action Yakuza movie because it's both both are Takashi Miike. Yeah. I love Takashi Miike. He's great. We got a lot of shit to get through. Oh my god. Yeah, all right, do. all right. This has been the goon cast of a bunch of bullshit and Mad God. <laughs> Save yourself. Yeah. Uh, next, just watch Mad God. It, it probably <laughs> next episode will hopefully be much, much, much sooner. I know it's been. Yeah. Our episode structure has been sporadic for the last Sorry few to months. Keep y'all waiting. Yeah. Uh, but we we have. Hopefully, we'll be getting Ghoul Guts back on 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 stream very soon, uh, on the cast pretty soon uh, for Prey and that other thing we were teasing. If if we can all get it finished by then, we'll see. Uh, otherwise, we'll save that for another one. And uh, also, Stone Ocean Part Two comes out in a month. So, <laughs> like, you know, we 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 got the JoJo maybe. At the JoJo yeah. episode at some point. Yeah, we do. We got the JoJo. And, and uh, you know, Nope should be hitting streaming sometime oh. next month, and that could be a lot yes. of fun. 
Oh, then, I can't I can't wait for I I actually might break my theater quarantine to go see, quarantine to go see it, but it won't be for mm. it won't be until theaters are less packed. Sure. They're packed now for nope. So I'm oh, gonna, I can imagine. I'm and waiting if, it out, but I'm so pumped. And then of course, you know, so good. and then of course, because we hate ourselves when when it hits streaming, uh, you know, uh -huh. e evil dies tonight again. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to be conveniently unavailable that night. Oh, you're going to mm -hmm. you're going to be there. You're going to be there. We got to get Banana Boat to watch it with us. Oh my god. <laughs> It'll be great. Hell yeah, we do. It'll be great, Lee. Hell yeah, we do. Look, at least it won't be ancient Celtic runes stopping Michael Myers, Lee. <laughs> That's better. You say that, but have you seen Halloween 6? <laughs> I, yes. I, I can't properly put into words how little of a fuck I give about Halloween ends. Look. I really can't. It's gonna be bad. But we gotta do it. So bad. Our viewers will love it. Yeah. Or at least at least Renzi will love it. Renzi, it's all for you. It's, it's all, all for you, you Renzi. It, it's all it, for you, Renzi. It all ends in P. <laughs> Alright, Kat, why don't you put us out of our misery? Take us out. Okay. Uh, this this uh, this was me, Cat Attack, aka the Attack Cat on Twitch. I don't really stream a lot anymore. That'll probably change once my game ships. We'll fucking see. <laughs> Lee, what's up with you, man? Well, this was once again your boy, Lee Alder, the Valley Jester. Uh, I have not been streaming that much on Twitch. Uh, I am I am fully wrapped up with my own myriad of shit right now, but I will return at some point. Mm -hmm. Possibly to be an adorable kitty cat. We shall see. Yay! Uh, and this is James, also known as Saber0307. Uh, unlike these goons, I do stream pretty consistently on Twitch. And Fuck back yeah, to, you do. Back to Ghoul, my annual spooky season celebration starts on Friday. So, Hell you know, yeah. if you're listening when this episode drops, uh, feel free to stop by, because Kat and Lee are going to be joining me, and we're going to be suffering through fucking Mad Father together. And, you know, if you watch yeah. this, if you watch this episode later, then, you know, uh, yeah, check out have the a VOD. Yeah. check out the Twitch VOD or on, on, on my Twitch channel or oh. on YouTube. It's, oh, Lee, we gotta start, we gotta start thinking up voices to do. Uh, James, yeah. you can just, you can, you can do your, <laughs> what you usually do. <laughs> Flip-flopping yeah. consistently and then break down. <clears throat> uh-huh. Yeah, break down midway through and well, start well, just like replacing words with random other words. Yeah, well, Kat, you already have one voice. Uh-huh. The devil. Yeah, because he's back. Yeah, I know. It's gonna be I'm great. I'm so excited. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Uh I can't I can't wait for him. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh gonna be great. Uh anyways, uh y'all take care of yourselves, stay safe, be, be excellent to each other, and uh Zootopia porn. Thank you, James. <laughs> yeah, and also get fucked. Ooh, baby. Hi, everybody. Having me some fun tonight, yeah. Infinite breadsticks. <laughs>